0: Hello and welcome to League of Josh podcast. My name is Joshua and I'm your host. Today's episode was recorded on June 25th, 2021. Today, I speak with Mike from Mechanical Dream Revolution. Mike is a musical artist that has spent the past few years creating a series which explores cultural revolution and propaganda. In this discussion, Mike and I talk about cancel culture, economic reasoning, individual liberty, anarchist states, medical freedom, gun laws, and much more. Mike's website can be found below if you'd like to listen to any of his, air quotes, propaganda, which touches on the to- a lot of the topics which we explore today. I hope that you enjoy. For some quick ground keeping things, I'm a bit of a leaf on the wind at the moment. I just moved to Denmark and I'm not yet in my final quarters. This is somewhere that I lived last year and I'll be making my final move, hopefully later this month. And once I'm there, I'm hoping that I'll be able to record in person which will be quite a treat. So I'll have to figure out how that recording works and editing and that'll be an adventure of its own. But in the meantime, I've got about three months of leeway. So I think I have about 13 or 14 episodes that I've recorded in the past few months that have enabled me to have some time here to figure things out. So I'm hoping that you guys enjoy the next few months of content. I think that it's awesome. I had some discussions with people that I thought were absolutely amazing. And Mike being one of them, I had a lot of fun doing this, even though I was sweating the entire time because we talk about some things that are more to the edge of appropriate discussion in culture. And I think that entering conversations like this in good faith is important and to hold a strong opinion lightly So that's what I think Mike and I did together, and I think it was a lot of fun. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, and yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed the next three months of Canadian-American content, I guess. No no sit-downs with Europeans or anything. So I hope that that is to come soon, and all of that goes off without a hitch, although I'm sure it will not, as few things do. But anyway, I'll stop rambling. Thanks, guys.
1: Uh, Say 15 to 20
0: years to demoralize a society. Why, Why
1: 15 or 20 years? This is the time sufficient to educate one generation of
0: students or children. One generation, one lifetime span of a person, a human being which is dedicated to study, to shaping up the outlook, ideology, personality, no more, no less. Usually it takes from 50 to 20.
1: years. This was the moment the world changed and a new war began in the Middle East. American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the World Trade Center's North Tower. Yeah, I haven't got like a ton, ton of shit to say at any given time. Um, I gotta watch my language too. I'm, no, you're fine. I have you're a not. mouth like a sailor sometimes, so that's alright. You can, you can say. I, I know. I just I go out of my way. Like I, I don't even. It's like I don't use the F word around my mother. I don't drop N bombs like in podcasts. Not because I can't or that I don't have the right to, but because it makes the the dialogue a little more amicable and it allows people, you know, that might might be offended. Um, and so I guess that's kind of the crux of it, right? Like there's not a universal to this whole idea of language control and censorship. Um, I think um, it's almost the difference between the guilt and shame side of, of the cohesion of society versus uh, authoritarian uh, rules and laws that come from the top down. Mm-hmm. So like if you can have uh social, do something in a society it's a little bit better for society than like hard fast laws but it's almost like we've got to the break point of that now as well because if you have a strong enough narrative then um then then this sort of like witch hunt mentality is going to push out any kind of rational thinking or, or truth so it's done the the media done the heavy lifting in that sense to people get up, to this point
0: yeah i think people end up being more afraid than anything to talk about things. And in that sense, people aren't able to actually come to a middle ground. People end up just staying exactly where they are and get further apart from each other because of the inability to have a dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, and it's anything down, remember Ken Bone, the guy in the red shirt for one of the presidential debates? Mm -hmm. He's kind of rounder and he had certain weird kind of a, a look to him that everyone kind of grafted onto. So he he was exalted, and in the same breath, they're like, "Oh, he's into some weird porn or something," and then they shamed him for that. Like it was like to step into the spotlight, uh, in into the public space in any way, uh, is comes with it a a severe risk of not just like losing your livelihood or whatever, but also just being like utterly shamed and ridiculed um, for whatever like your past has, you know. And it's just like I don't think that there's anybody that doesn't have one thing that they don't want brought up you know and so yeah it's it's sort of that rat on the face uh 1984 where they're like they cuz it leverages your deepest fears that you're not even conscious of without actually having to implement them mm-hmm. every time somebody's like uh snapped out like that or or you know or what's it called shamed publicly it's like it 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 i think it makes you access your own your own fears like that Without actually having to consciously realize the implications of what you're doing, you just kind of stay in line because it's like, okay, that's what's going to happen to you. Well, I I a,
0: yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a a point to that in even before something, even before you get, even before people come for you, you're already thinking, okay, well, what have I done in the past that's going to be the thing that brings me down? Yeah. There's all because everyone has something. I mean, if you, you look back anywhere yeah, in history, you're never going to find, maybe outside of Buddha, Gandhi, you're not going to find a lot of people that aren't archetypal Christ figures that don't have a few corpses under their bed.
1: No, it's like if Ebenezer if Scrooge, uh, you know, was helping out Tiny Tim now, they'd, they'd be looking at his old tweets about, you know, uh, free markets and, <laughs> and, you know, the shouldn't, are there no poor houses? It's like well, but he he's had a revelation, and he wants to help his community now. It's like, no, fuck that guy, like he used to be a miser, mm-hmm. you know, so um yeah, yeah, I don't know um that's one that's one sort of uh prong of the attack, the other is financial, mm-hmm. you know, like we we talked about just before we started recording, it's like uh yeah if you don't have if you don't have an escape like it's like oh we won't throw you in jail we'll just make you have to give up your pursuit of like um reason and 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 being in the public space to to have a to influence like the discourse and you're gonna get to work at like like target or something and yeah. that's fine I'm not saying you sh- you know like you know it's a menial job or whatever, but like you will be reduced to that and you won't have like, it would be fine for everyone to just have, like, these sort of, like, labor as service positions if we all had a public space to be able to utilize. Because we could, we could create our own art and, and, and dialogues then. And we wouldn't really need to spend all this money distracting ourselves from, from our own lives, right? We could consume more products and shit. So, um, it's kind of funny. But it's like, yeah, it's like you, you aren't, you essentially aren't allowed to, to, to speak because you won't have the time to do it. You won't have the, and there won't be much incentive because like, I mean, even like with my music, it's like, I don't know, I had 35 listens this week, right? Like that's not, that's not a career. Now I'm doing it for myself for the most part and, and like maybe to alter the course of, of a dialogue, but. Um, like, I don't, I, I couldn't have, like, I, I didn't even want to be popular until I got certain things locked down and said, and then maybe spread around enough. So, cause like, you know, you could just DMCA it or, or whatever get get rid of it. Right. I'd rather focus on that. So it's only by virtue of not caring about money or, or wanting any kind of compensation that I was able to even pursue it. Um, and if it ever did get popular, that's exactly what they would do is try to cut, out, cut my knees out or cut, yeah. my, cut me off the knees, right? Financially. It's like, and it's a shame because it comes down to like the whole um, monopoly that Hollywood has on the narratives that we participate in. And it's like myths. Like traditionally, we built a lot of the societal stuff up from the ground over generations, you know, mythology and, and stuff. And like that, that's mm-hmm. language again. Oh, I'm kind of getting a little off topic here. You gotta generally you gotta rein me in a little bit because I'll (laughs) just I'll just take each like each turn on the track until I'm like talking about moon landing (laughs) some shit, right? Okay, sounds good.
0: um, I uh, I normally let people rant for quite a while, but I'll try to I'll try to keep us within the framework for as long as I can. I think one of one of the things you brought up that sparked an image in my mind was have you ever seen the movie metropolis it's this old german movie
1: and very old yeah, yeah it's like um i can't remember yeah i can't remember the name of the genre but like it's a it's one of groundbreaking the, yeah og sci-fis
0: and something about yeah. the film that i really liked was that the manager or the boss whoever was in that position of authority their watches had 12 hours on them and all of the workers only had eight hour mm. clocks and that was their day. That was to, that was to represent how long uh, it's been a while they had
1: in their day. Jesus, okay. So basically, there's like uh, an extra fifty percent of leisure time, because, so like uh, the rich neighborhoods in this city gets uh, plowed before some of the major roads. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, so from the Marxist perspective or the communist perspective, like, okay, these assholes, right. Uh, they're getting right. But, uh, they're getting their all their stuff cleared before, but at the same time, I'm like, well, but if they don't get to work, then like hundreds of people can lose their jobs the next day. Right. Yeah. So, so there is this sort of like, that's the brave new world, um, concept. And I'm not saying I support like this, this idea of a cast, but like the the leaders would need extra meditation time or whatever. To run a society that was so like uh, regimented, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a really good little like yeah the the elitism, and it's like it's what's interesting is that uh, the, the left and right agree on like an anti elitist position, but they're they're pitted against each other um, arguing about completely different topics. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. But yeah, no, I yeah I, I can't remember much of uh, Metropolis now that you mention it. It's one of those movies you watch when you're like 16 or 18 though. Yeah. Cause somebody tells you, okay, you got to see this. And then, you know, and then like 20 years later for me, I'm going back and I'm seeing, I'm like, Oh fuck, this is like, this is all propaganda. Like every movie I've enjoyed in my youth is just like, um, like I watched lethal weapon and like Mel Gibson, like, I loved this show cause it was like, okay, it was black guy was a family guy and the white guy was crazy. That was like pushing the envelope or something, I guess in the eighties and nineties. Um, it had very progressive themes, though. A lot of the messaging in it was really progressive. So, but the bottom line is, I'm like, why is he trying to stop this guy from selling coke to another guy? And like, why are these people being shot? This isn't very justified. <laughs> like, you go back, and you're like, okay, well, so that's what I mean. I'll like, I kind of go, go off on a rant, a t- tangent. It's it's more difficult um, with the delay because I definitely don't want to cut. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, for gold. Yeah. Okay. Well let's. Yeah. Let's, who knows? So I might. I might bring it back if, <laughs> if I'm given enough time. Anyway. Yeah. Let's. Let's start off with. When did you
0: notice the the emergent culture start to develop? And because I think you're you're a little bit older than I am. So.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, like, you mean this particular iteration of the so-called culture war, like, like the whole idea of like, um, redefining racism and sexism and stuff like that.
0: I think that's happened over the past few years. I think uh, Robin D'Angelo, Ibram X. Kendi, I think those are people that have made an attempt to redefine language. I had a conversation earlier this week with a friend, Tyler Latwila. I think I'll end up maybe putting this out before that. But we had a discussion about that and the importance of language, and not only in the sense of the description or its availability in syntax, but also the emotional weight that comes along with a word. And so, the way that I described it to him was when someone calls you racist for a microaggression. It's, it's this word, it's this term, racism is this big umbrella. And on the one side, you have Jim Crow redlining lynching. And on the other side, you have telling someone that you like their hair. And yeah. I don't think that, the, well, I don't think that the emotional weight of racism has changed, but I think that redefining it is a, it's, it's a sleight of hand trick. Which freaks me out because it just absolutely shuts down any conversation if I get called a racist, I'm internal shoulders forward, like yes, sir, no, sir,
1: three bags full sir mm. so it's almost like being called a word while you're in a field to 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 do your slavery work, yeah, okay, ah. Um, uh. What is it? I mean, you can't draw this direct compare level when people are like, it's not inconvenient to wear a mask or whatever. It's it's not inconvenient to sit on the back of a bus. It's not inconvenient. It's not something I want to do. And you're gonna have to kill me to to make me do it. I I actually wear a mask like when I go to an old folks home or somewhere that's, you know, not voluntary, essentially. Anyway, so that's a side note. You could even edit that out if you're... no, that's fine. If I'll, your viewers I'll, I'll are, I, it, might be a, skid- it might be a
0: false equivalency, but I definitely I, I yeah. know the the point that you're making.
1: Well, I just like what equivalencies aren't false, though. At that point, too, right? Like, I, I'm just. I mean, right. analogy is how we communicate with each other, and and when it comes to language, like, like all th- all philosophy happens within the context of language or within the confines of language, and, and language is. Um, I mean, another parallel would be like language to the sort of the, the marketplace or the economy, because the both are something that we agree on collectively over time and both are constantly evolving. And so what what we're really discussing when it comes to cancel culture is authoritarianism because like it appears to be some sort of grassroots movement, but I mean I guarantee you it's coming from authority down like you know consolidations of of power like these power structures get you know in Hollywood like most most of our media comes from one source right and and then we we say that we have like social media but really that's just all owned by media conglomerates again so like all of our messaging is being curated and 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 coming from the top down so it is language control and I don't think that this is just some like spontaneous thing that came out came up from the people. Like the grievance culture has a leverage point that is true, but the lever the lever is very very long. Like yeah, slavery existed. It existed long before American slavery, for one. Um there's a bunch of moving parts in that. Like a lot of people contributed to it, including Africans. Uh and yeah, no, and it's really shitty. (laughs) Like like I don't think anybody there aren't a lot of people that that disagree with it being wrong. Um, Those people have been pretty much pushed into like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they should be the first people we listen to, because then they're not having little meetings in, in basements trying to like, you know, it'd be easier to convince somebody of an unethical, like to, to change an unethical position, if you talk to them about it. I don't think it's difficult. Um, but human history is the history of slavery. Like it's only until we, we enslaved uh, machines that we even liberated ourselves from this yeah idea so like yeah obviously there's a there's a deep trauma there and it's being leveraged to uh, steer the course of society and and honestly like the only reason for that is to to get money <laughs> you know what i mean like it's um like a company putting a rainbow flag on their on their logo isn't any kind of support really it's just a it's just neoliberal capitalism it's just technology. they're they're just yeah like it's well we're selling we're selling ideas instead of products right so really it's about consumerism more than anything else like this is simulacra or was it simulation or is that book the wachowski's based the matrix on I'm not sure I haven't read that uh, sim yeah anyway basically like we have this simulation sort of virtual ex- no 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 um uh, essentially like like in a postmodern sort of economy or, or society, you end up with um, this sort of virtual experience. Uh, and then you end up moving towards a consumerism where you're buying like these sort of buttons that say what you are. Right. You know, like every product you buy, like Starbucks perfected this right, with uh, $6 coffees. And you check all these little boxes and it's, um, it's a synthetic uh, identity or it's a, it's a synthetic process of, of finding identity. Um, and so the only reason to, to limit what people can do in the sort of marketplace of ideas is to, to, to push them towards certain consumer products and, and, and power like that. Like, if that makes sense. Am I, yeah. am I reaching it? Okay.
0: The, uh, that Starbucks point is very interesting because I think what they did, and I'm not sure if they knew what they were doing at the time, but it's a really fun little psychological trick where you tell someone what they aren't and then they hold more heavily to what they are. And by that they would purposefully like they'll purposefully write your name wrong on a Starbucks cup Mm -hmm. and then you're free advertising because then you're going to post that on social media or you show your friends or you show your family and say, Oh, look at how they spelled my name. This is how Starbucks spelled my name. And then they're in the conversation.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know how much of that's planned so much as like, you know, kind of a Darwinian, um, Mm -hmm. process where things that work get used over and over by companies. So like the reason social media is addicting or addictive isn't because they planned it that way. It's because the stuff that was addictive was what was reproduced. Yeah. So that kind of behavior would have like the inception of that kind of behavior might've been maybe subconsciously they were trying to do that, but like it probably just happened a few times and now, and then people just start doing it because it gets them, because it gets them attention. And that's the, um, that's the brilliance of this sort of like neoliberal social media based consumerism where, where the consumer is the advertising model. Mm -hmm. And we, we like, I mean, I think the Ghostbusters 2016 like hashtagged I'm with her. Like I'm not, like I'm not sure what this movie has to do with the election. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, these are not things that we need to put together. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really make sense. It's like I can forgive like Pride Month and the and the you know the flags or whatever. And I'm like, well, you're full of shit, but whatever. It's not harming me. But like when when the movies I go to are a political statement, there's serious problems because we basically told you in a a very soft way what art you need to consume what messaging you need to agree with you know breaks the conversation down pretty fast
0: we make an interesting point and you mentioned that earlier as well where i think the way that you proposed it was that there's a top-down regimenting of what is right and what is wrong and i see it definitely more as a I don't think it's unilateral. I think it's bilateral. I think it's going up and down. And essentially what's happening is that the consumer is telling, I think it's a very small number of people, but the consumer is telling corporations what they want to see from the corporation and the corporation virtue signals. And it just goes back and forth and back
1: and forth. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I'd say the feet. Yeah. But like, yeah. So there's a certain level of pandering, right? Mm-hmm. So the SJW, so in the, the, 2014 was when the rise of like a YouTube pundit going SJWs are ruining our movies was kind of like a huge career that sort of exploded out of that era. Yeah. Um, And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are, but they're also just trying to pander to an audience to get money. That's all they're trying to do. Um, And if, if you keep going to the movies, it's going to keep happening. Um, Because like if, if you're, if um, sort of the incel type is going to go to the movie regardless, then they've locked that, they've made that money. If they can expand their market to another, another sort of demographic, then it makes total sense to try to like, see how far you can push messaging like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There might be the odd, you know, guy twisting his mustache behind a desk going, "Ah, I'm ruining society or whatever. But um, I think you got to get pretty high to get there. I think a lot of the middle middle management tends to just do what's going to get them the most sort of, You know money and tail and 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 like prestige you know it's like it's really nice to win a nobel peace prize whether that's a completely false award or not and everybody likes you Mm -hmm. being called like mr president is probably you know better than viagra like it's it's probably like a really nice thing you know to always be called that for the rest of your life um so yeah, like Obama won a Nobel Peace Prize in his first week of office, right, or like, before he took office. I'm just like, okay, well, his Nobel Peace Prize for for being like a mixed race like president, basically. And then he went on to bomb like nine countries. So I'm just, I'm like, in the Academy Awards, it's all just patting yourself on the back if you make a movie about movies and how awesome Hollywood is and how Hollywood is saving us from atrocities by making movies, then you get yourself an Oscar, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's all just, um, self-congratulating. And I I think social media just amplifies that part of ego to, uh, an unmanageable level, you know, and then, and then we just end up, uh, (sighs) it's like nobody's producing anything of value, right? We're all just consuming and producing, like modifying ideas a little bit and, and, and regurgitating. We we just become these sort of like echo points for for other manufacturers, synthesized identity, if that makes sense. So it makes sense that like anything that goes against this level of like toxic consumerism is going to be labeled terrorism mm-hmm. or white supremacy or evil or bigotry or whatever, right? And it's just like, I don't, I mean, somebody calls me racist, I go, I mean, like, yeah, like in the, in the loose definition, I suppose in my mind, I have like certain profiling mechanisms that I have to fight with sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have thoughts about other cultures, but I believe you guys defined racism as requiring um, institutional power. So I don't like, I don't have institutional power. Yeah. Like policies do. Laws can be racist. Uh, And even to a very, like, if you want to get into the sort of a little bit softer definition, you can say that the implementation of laws can get racist, because like, if weed is legal for me and not for a visible minority for like a 40 year period, that's going to affect society, like whether or not a cop actually enforces a law is a factor in that so that that i suppose is racist as well but like a single joke can't be because it carries with it no institutional power which is which is what like around that sort of culture war what we were fighting about was saying like okay well you can't be racist against me because i don't because i'm white essentially or whatever right like that's just that's the clearest example i could see there was also the man woman male female thing i can't do that as much now because like i'm I can identify as a woman in the middle of an argument and uno reverse anything somebody says to me. I think that the the definition of
0: any form of oppression by the guise of power is just mm. so unbelievably dangerous and I don't think that people really have a read on that yet, but essentially any time that someone, and I, I guess power power, privilege, all of these things can be measured in so many different ways, how tall you are, how deep your voice is, uh, whether you come from a single parent home or a, or a two parent household. Obviously, color of your skin impacts it. There's so many other things, and when you get once you get into these power dynamics and start to understand people as whether they're oppressor oppressed, then things can switch around really fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a point that people can't foresee in the future. Is when I don't think there's ever going to be equity of outcome and if there is that scares me more than well,
1: homogeneity is death to any system
0: yeah yeah so and that was honestly i loved communism i absolutely loved it when i was younger and then i read the manifesto by marx and Engels, and
1: and that's what so turned you, you me like off of you just like the fascism part because, yeah i, I, well, yeah, well, I, I well, love, you're it. a dude right so you like <laughs> order so you, you like order and like things being um, productive in a way that makes sense to you. Everyone loves fascism when it's for their own ideals. Well, I just love the idea of every, everyone being equal. That just seemed mm-hmm. so,
0: that, that seemed like a, now, now that I look back at it, I understand that it's a very romantic perspective to hold. And so when I held it, it was that there are inequities in the world. And if everyone were on the same playing field, then things would be a lot better. And then I actually read the manifesto and there were points where they're talking about society and saying, well, if everyone's, if everyone's equal, everyone works on the farm for the same hours, everyone produces the same, everyone gets the same. And to me, that felt so, it felt so drab. It felt so bleak, so gray.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) From from that point on, I, I decided, well, there are going to be people that produce more. There are going to be people that do more in different facets of life and to, to hold, essentially what ends up happening in that perspective is that you hold people down from what they could achieve and everyone has to come down to the level of the
1: lowest person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the way we nerf school, right? Basically Mm. like, I didn't feel like school did me any favors. I didn't feel like, I mean, it, it socialized me to feel like, you know, a bit of an outcast here and there. It took me away from my parents during my psychological or my my formal, Formative psychological developments, you know, it put me in an asshole factory, basically Lord of the Flies. So, uh, I mean, it taught me how to deal with whatever the hell this society is um, in a lot of ways. But I mean, as far as like math and, and learning, like they don't even teach you what the words to describe words are anymore, like noun and adjective, you know, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. So because it's going to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> You know, it's got to be like, nerfed the whole thing down. But I mean, again, the, the whole model is to produce factory workers and and consumers and, and point-and-shoot and soldiers, right? It's a Prussian mm-hmm. model from... And then coming back to the Industrial Revolution, like, Marx just didn't realize how rapidly the the Industrial Revolution would redistribute wealth and power in an organic way. Yeah. And yeah, like, there's some atrocities, but there's a reason you would want to go to the city uh instead of starving on a farm. Because like we don't we don't even think about like how horrific pre industrialized society is because of how how bad for the environment industrialized society is. We don't think about like how shitty it is to watch like your family dying of um you know starvation and pestilence and all these things, right? So
0: right for the past few millennia the environment's been beating us up and now we're beating it up.
1: Yeah and it's like I mean, I, I'm just saying that the metric isn't, like, isn't very honest. Like, yeah, yeah this is, like, what we do is bad, but we need, like, you can't just say it's 100%, you know, yeah. with this whole, like, Disney, Disney idea that, like, birds are going to make you a dress so that you can meet Prince Charming. Like, these are really terrible messages to give kids, you know, <laughs> like, that nature's not trying to kill you at all times, that we didn't claw ourselves above it, and that, um well, especially for little girls, it's like some guy's going to just come rescue you from your own existence and you should defy your father to get there. It's like not, first of all, it's kind of mixed. Uh, and secondly, I don't think it produces a very, uh, a woman with agency, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, they're basically just selling porn to kids. So, Yeah, definitely, <sighs> definitely don't pet that dog in the forest. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. So uh, I'm just going to do that so I don't get noises. Okay. Um, what were we, how'd we get to
0: that? We were talking about nature versus man and the industrial revolution and how over the past, I'd say. Oh, but I mean like, how do
1: we get, yeah. How do we get there from, uh, <laughs> culture? I, oh, cause the racism and, um, and you were talking about Marxism and equality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, power and like it's like, okay, so you know, uh, I can I can buy certain books. I can't buy others. You know, at, at chapters uh, I can say certain things. I can like Jordan Peterson was a, like I'm not a huge fan, but like he's constantly pointing out like I don't know why it's not okay to have like a Nazi flag, but it's okay to have a Soviet Union flag when 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 one faction killed a lot more people than the other. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and like Mao takes the cake. And ironically enough, Mao, like that whole cultural revolution, got China out of, out from under the foot of Western imperialism. So um, I understand why, like, Marxist thinking is so popular, because, like, Mao doubled the life expectancy at the cost of individual identity, uh, the environment. Um, I think they've tapered off. I think they've hit, like, the crest of what you can do with. Uh, the kind of a, a totalitarian system that that much um, yeah but, it's uh, tough
0: to surpass genocide yeah I'm not, I'm not sure where you can go from there uh, that actually leads me to one point that I wanted to discuss a little bit was what is the actual cost so first off okay. let's start let's start by steel manning cancel culture I think that's a,
1: okay a, a good thing to do um, well, because we're just talking about Marxism, so I could argue that Marxist ideas, if uttered, could have done damage to mm-hmm. society, right? But that's not really the case. Um, but we'll, we'll, I guess, to Steelman, we will say that, like, these ideas contain viral, viral truths that can harm the body politic of society.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think another point of that is if there's an information that you deem to be true beyond... So one of the ideas that I was, I've been mulling over is the death of the devil's advocate. And when Tyler and I talked about it, I said that that was to say that something doesn't need a devil's advocate could be the most arrogant statement in the world. In that if, if you, it's as if you're saying, I know, I know that I'm right. And I'm so confident that I'm right. That even you being able to interject your opinion is damaging to me. And damaging to my idea. And if you try to argue against me or bring a different perspective into the framework, then you're actually the thing that I'm arguing against and in that sense You need to be silenced.
1: Yeah um, Okay, so the, the best way to argue That would be to say that um, you speaking is a waste of my time because I already know mm-hmm. what, what arguments you're gonna make that's one way you can do it You can say that's already been debunked which is one one way we see the sort of steel manning of this, this idea in our culture, it's like, oh, that's already been debunked. And there's no need for you to like, this is the Overton window, right? Where this is taboo to even talk about because, or no, sorry, the, the taboo is on the outside where you don't talk about it because it's scary. And then the inside it's like the the central, the, the middle circle where things are accepted knowledge, like two plus two is four, is like has expanded so much that the conversation has been really limited. So that's one really good way to limit. Um, to steel man, the argument of of limiting conversations, like the, that's the best argument is that you just go, well, we already know this. yeah, that's a really good point. You can there are things that are
0: inherent truths in the world, and a part of the a part of the potential of cancel culture would be to say you're essentially alienating people that
1: disagree with the fabric of reality. so yeah, because they're but, not in the, yeah, it's like yeah. a religious, yeah, it's ah uh, the worst kind of. It's the religion versus the spiritual right where like uh you know the, the church doesn't always provide the best um structure to to find a relationship with God, whereas like I mean inherently your relationship with God is probably part of your being, you could probably figure it out on your own mm-hmm. uh if if you want a priest to help, he should just be helping, not telling you to give him money and and read certain things and and regurgitate certain ideas um Oh, I'm, we're supposed to be stealing manning it. And, and honestly I am like, I've got like, I'm kind of two thirds libertarian, one third fascist. So um, it comes up in my music a lot, actually, where like this romantic idea of like, there's certain things that we, we do want to have um, uh, structure for or, or like things that aren't debatable. Like it's like, well, I don't know if I I come across a cannibal or something, I'm like, okay, well this, this ain't going to fly. I'm not you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, rape and murder and all these things that um, most societies have written down. Like it, it, only in science fiction would you get a society that like didn't have murder being illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd have it exalted, like the Klingon society or something, where where you can like usurp somebody's power by fighting them. Trial by But combat, even then, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we and we've had that, but it's always been structured. We've always gone, okay, well, we want this, but uh, we need to make sure that there's limits and that people aren't, that it doesn't happen to them without their consent, essentially. Well, that was one of the, I think that's one of the interesting
0: counterpoints to defund the police is, and I'm still seeing lots of people, lots of people advocate for this in that people should be able to govern themselves. And the only time that a god of morality emerges is after a group reaches the, the pinnacle of of group number, which is about 150. So after that, that's when morality gods emerge because then you have to yeah. take into account your anonymity towards other people.
1: Yeah, well, like identity, like you said, is often rooted in um, exclusivity. And so as you create a larger network of egos, you're going to need some sort of exclusive concept where yeah. this group is this and it, what it isn't is this. And what it isn't is much stronger than what it is. Yeah. And maybe maybe you can get
0: away without having laws that prohibit people from murdering each other if you have a group with hundred people in it, maybe less, because obviously the group is going to rebel against that. And more often than not, it'll actually be the group that commits the murder on the individual because they're yeah. so far against the group, and not individuals committing murder against each other.
1: Yeah. Then, when, yeah.
0: then once you get outside of that framework, there are some. I'm sure there are some evil people in the world that's just waiting for law and order to divulge to the point where you can just go yeah. and do anything
1: well yeah they join the army or they become politicians um, they generally psychopaths tend to to get to high positions of power because they're disconnected from the, the empathy right um, yeah that's an interesting point uh, it, it with, with the whole idea of like murder and rape um, we'll, well we'll do murder because it's so like so cut and dry uh, most like you don't even need language. To, to understand that it's wrong. And like the only reason we had to write it down is cuz some asshole was like, well nobody told me. Like <laughs> okay, well now we're writing it down then. Okay? So no one's allowed to do this and these are the consequences for your action. You should have known that already, but apparently we've created enough stability in this group that it's um waxed, waxed the thought process and the gene pool and the and the population to the point where we now need to indoctrinate. Which is, you know, Coming back to language control, right? This is the reason that we're facing these uh, these severe like limitations on speech. Playing the connection between moving something to the second page of a Google search and the long-term authoritarian outcome. Like, like it's 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 moving people. Oh, we're supposed to be steel Manning. <laughs> um there there's reasons there's you know like there's always going to be conceptually hate speech like if I say you know like if I make a direct threat, I mean maybe that speech should have consequences
0: maybe I, think, I don't know I, I think that in
1: in it's either
0: Scotland or England, but you're able to report someone for hateful speech now and it goes on to their it goes on to a record of theirs without there being yeah. trial or any ability to to dispute the charge and that goes on to your employment record as well. So people can go and look at that and see how many charges of speech you have filed against you. Okay, one thing that I Uh wanted to do to Steelman because I think that you made a good point about moving things to the the, the second search page in Google is that sometimes ideas are dangerous enough that you actually don't want them in the realm of discussion. And a counter argument to that would be something you pointed out earlier where you actually want to know what the Nazis are talking about you don't want a bunch of people getting together in their basements talking about things because that makes them inaccessible to anyone else. And then they don't yeah, have like, the opportunity to expand their perception and they're not exposed to differing ideas and maybe someone making a good faith counter argument to them and having a discussion and being able to bring them a little bit closer to the mean in that way. So I, I think that a good argument is that is you, you actually want the ideas that you don't like in circulation because then people are
1: going to be able to, come together more by discussing yeah, or, or maybe you're wrong <laughs> about like them being right. Right. Like, I mean, I, I can buy, I can buy the Das Kapital and, and communist manifesto and we can like buy that, by that metric, we can, uh, apply kill counts to these books, but I can't buy mine Kampf, Right. And oh, it's well, not it's very some, hard to find. Well, yeah, I ordered one online and I have my one copy and it's, it's actually, what's interesting about that is it's public domain. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's old enough to be public domain, so, um, so now that now they have to write laws that say like, in order to print this book legally, you have to write a little excerpt at the beginning that says, "These ideas aren't good," or something like that, or like, "These ideas are are a product of the time." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Um, it's the only one, but uh, it's interesting to me because like, it's not some magic tome that's going to enchant me, mm-hmm. like. If if these ideas impact me in that way, then it's just going to amplify whatever path I happen to be on in the first place. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, like there's there's reading the Communist Manifesto, and there's considering the ideas, and and then there's like violent revolution. Yeah, you know. So I mean, uh, you can you could take because I mean socialism socialism works in. Insofar as there's a cohesive narrative, and uh, the like, as the as the purview of whatever social infrastructure you have grows, you need, like you said, or like well, like we read on the the exclusivity and the the concept of like what that group is. So as as you get from like a household is a pretty pretty socialist structure. Mm-hmm. It's a th- it's authoritarian. It's got a very democratic. It's got a democrat uh, a democracy within it, but that's completely usurped by basically like a patriarchy and a matriarchy, mm-hmm. matriarch and a patriarch that, um, you know, having a, sort of an alpha omega uh, rule setting situation. Um, and then as the kids grow up, like, but, but the property is everybody's to a large extent. Uh, and then it slowly grows into, you know, a different dynamic. So that works and a community can have collective rules an apartment building you know some some are quiet and some are loud kind of thing as you get to the level of a city and a a, a prefecture of some kind a state or a province and then a nation you need to expand what the what the identity of those people is so um you're gonna want to limit certain ideas Mm -hmm. like in canada in canada like i grew up in a very like well at least we're not americans like that was like I'm like, so that's that's how we're gonna define ourselves. We don't have crass crass commercialism, and lots of channels. Like that's 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 like your what you've striven strove for is to like have, to not be. The steel man is basically prohibiting, yeah, because it's about exclusivity is group cohesion, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you have a, a exclusive ideas, um, the more you steal the borders of. Of a, of a group concept you have to consider like limiting the benefits of, of other uh, other systems right like i mean well, i think that's that the could conservative be conservative approach i think that's the conservative approach to that idea
0: but then yeah. the liberal approach to that idea because political ideology tends to skew on two temperaments whether it be conscientiousness or openness to experience so creativity mm-hmm. is your desire to open borders, and that's that seems to be consistent with the democratic, or the politically democratic in the United States, in the two-party system. Is the liberal? Yeah, <laughs> yes. So liberal wants to open borders, liberal wants free flow of information all the time, and conservative wants closed borders to build walls, and neither of those are right or wrong, as we talked about earlier, where there's a little bit more discussion that has to be had, but it's It depends on the time. it depends on the 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 situation that you're in, which one of those is more beneficial at the time is a is a liberal society beneficial during a global pandemic? We've seen the the outcome of that. that it definitely would have been better to have closed borders
1: during that time. but at the same well, time it depends from an evolutionary standpoint, no. Yeah, yeah, that's like right. It, it, if our only connection to ad, uh, adaptation and, and evolution is viruses, because we've completely conquered every other aspect of nature, then the sooner we update our DNA, the better. From a from that sort of you pro uh, pro eugenics position, right? Right. Like, and and I haven't heard a lot from the people that wanted you know the whole human race wiped out in the, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. everybody talking about oh there's too many people and shit right i'm like well here's a perfectly good virus you guys are terrified of like why are we not just contaminating everybody with it since you fucking hate humanity (laughs) sorry no 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 no, no, no. No, that's
0: fine i well another another we don't hear that yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay let's uh let's dive back into
1: steel manning um okay So it's a good idea to limit some ideas because they can um, steal your children away like the Pied Piper, basically.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good to limit um, ideas that are going to have net, consequence, net negative consequences for the society and all of the people involved, which seems like a reasonable proposition. Yeah, it seems reasonable on the surface, yes. for sure. So now, yeah. so the, the case study that I'm thinking most of is, there, so there's a prophylactic called ivermectin and okay. it seems to, anytime it's introduced to a population or made widely, widely available to a population, there appears to be a precipitous drop in COVID cases and COVID mortality. Yes. What? Yeah. So, ivermectin is, it was from a microbiome found in soil in Japan and is used to treat river blindness as a prophylactic in Africa. And this results in fewer individual to individual transmission as well as cell to cell transmission when you actually get COVID. So not only is okay. there less transmission within a population, but less transmission within the individual and therefore less long term damage to to body tissue, such as lung tissues.
1: So okay.
0: the the area that I'm trying to figure out right now in in my head, and I'm hoping that this is one of the things that I want to talk to you about because I hope that we can I hope that you can help me to push my thought a little bit. And so there's COVID, which you don't want. I don't think that's indisputable. I think over time it's gonna have lasting implications that we don't actually understand right now. Okay. I think that the damage to lung tissue is going to result in a influx of COPD for okay. younger people as they get older. I and you're gonna to have to control for vaping and smoking during that as well, which has increased in the youth. So I, th- I think that those are some issues that you have to look at with COVID and say, okay, there are long-term implications. We don't want everyone getting this all the time. If there's something else we can use to treat it, then perfect. And then and then you have vaccine safety. And um, Stephen Krish and, his, and Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, who is the guy that he actually created the technology for the mRNA vaccine. And he's come out and say, this doesn't look
1: safe. It doesn't look safe don't. to be... The, yeah. the M is for messenger. Not huge fan of experimental gene therapy. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: it, it's uh there's it's it's funny because the Keith Connors was the one of the original researchers into giving kids amphetamine in school, so the ADHD craze. He was one of the chief researchers and over time he started to realize what was happening and any time that someone heads a certain field and then they come back later and say hey guys maybe we've done something wrong i i tend to listen to that person pretty heavily so robert malone is an example of that and he said that the mrna vaccine is moving through the body in a way that we didn't anticipate and could be potentially dangerous yeah. and Stephen krish has done a he has I'll, I'll put all this in the show notes and i'll send it to you after if you'd like but he's written a just absolutely massive report on vaccine safety and deaths to vaccine and blood clots and all of these other things. So I don't think vaccines are as safe as we're giving them guys for. Effective, possibly. It, might, it, may, it may open a route for novel strains of COVID to burn through populations, which would be pretty frightening. But at the same time, a vaccine is, it, it seems to work with COVID, which is what we want but the long-term implications is not being discussed at all, which I'm very concerned about. And yeah. people, being, people being disallowed to have conversations about potential harms down the road, I think that's an emergent consequence of cancel culture. And so that's where ivermectin comes in. Ivermectin is this prophylactic that has the opportunity to treat people before they've actually got COVID. So to, sp- to limit the spread between individuals and within the body itself so it it seems to be almost as effective or as effective potentially more than a vaccine and ivermectin if you I, I actually might get this taken off of youtube because of mentioning it in treatment with covid because if you mention ivermectin in the guise of treatment to covid your video will be censored and that's the biggest concern that I'm having in terms of cancel culture right now is the potential sure. cost of life.
1: Yeah. So you need to you need to frame the way you think of it in terms of um, game theory and the consumption of products because we're like I don't I don't think the vaccine company is like some they're nefarious in the sense that they're producing something that could be bad for you but so were cigarette companies right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what YouTube is doing is running interference on competition mm-hmm. for a product that is government sponsored yeah. and forced on the consumer. So if you look at it in that framework, it's just about money and power, and uh, the censorship isn't isn't about creating like a, a new future for you know your nation like like it would be in China uh, or or these ideas that are. That could could possibly affect negatively the culture, so much as it would affect uh, a consolidation of power that we will, we'll call a corporation, um, but it's more of a corporatocracy or an or oligarchy where you have these massive, these massive sort of capital-centric um, structures called corporations working in tandem with media conglomeration that are also working in tandem with the lawmakers. So like I don't know uh you know the, the whole uh Reagan Reaganite era and they he uh, or he the administration made it, it made a special tribunal for vaccines right so you can't you don't sue vaccine companies directly right mm-hmm. there's a there's a whole tribunal you, there's no there's no criminal action that you could take against a company doing that like it's all completely separated from the justice system um and if they do have to pay out which they do sometimes like hundreds of millions it's tax money it's not the company right like the state the state is running interference on on consumer feedback essentially mm-hmm. so, you know so you can either go like you can either have the government do its job and take care of people and and you know like actually have regulations and stuff or you can go to the, the free market route and say buyer beware uh, and in both cases you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to push back and, and ensure that the government actually does its job it, it doesn't all the time, uh, and then uh, you push back, in a, uh, you know, um, you push back against this consumer product, which is all it is. It's just a consumer product that was bought by the state for billions, and is forced on people. And you can't, you know, go buy groceries without getting it now, right? Is is the idea? And that that's a far cry from like, oh, you know, if you don't see Ghostbusters twenty sixteen, you hate women. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's there's a there's a vector there. Right, and that's what I mean by an emergent property is that I yeah. think that this is something
0: that's. And you can talk about it in terms of misogyny and sexism and racism, and you can also now talk about it in vaccine safety, where people have differing opinions, and when those opinions are silenced, because I, yeah. I do think that that's a reasonable position to hold, of the of the the vast population is, if you're talking about how vaccines aren't safe, you don't. We're gonna deplatform you. You don't deserve to have a platform because there because there's also a conflation in language between anti-vaxxers and people that are COVID vaccine hesitant.
1: Yeah. Or Go or on. in my case, um, you know, I was pretty pro-vaccine for you know, yeah, like that's a terrible way to describe it, but I didn't like I didn't have problems with them until recently, over the last two years. I was like, okay, well, now I am compelled to examine the history of vaccines and how lucrative they are historically and and what alternatives we have to not just like it's always polio they bring up polio well it's, you know i want to die of polio i'm like okay well that's one but if we're giving kids whatever you know 18 27 vaccines over 18 months period or something right like that's a lot of that's a lot of information to be putting into the human body during its formative development mm-hmm. you know so like and me questioning that just questioning it i go in the same box as the moon landing deniers. And the white supremacists have been associated with no mask somehow. Like I can't question, like they've been, they've been debating the validity of masks for stopping the spread of disease for since they were wearing masks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I know, I know a nurse that was, was advocating for not having to do it to bring up research way before this, like over the last 20 years it was like, we don't, there's no point in this. Like if you're, if you're removing fungus or something with like a uh like a, a laser and it's like atomizing and it's going to get into your mouth or something then yeah like wear a mask for your own safety but it like or unless you're drooling into a wound it doesn't really do anything if that makes sense mm-hmm. but uh, that aside like again that that'll that'll get you demonetized or that'll get you kicked off of youtube as well so, so what we're talking about is um one a paradigm of medical western medical science that had lost its war with cancer and now needs to redefine itself it lost its war with death you know it it, it's it promises these things of curing ailment in this mechanical way um ignoring the causes of disease dis-ease uh in the body um and and now it's finally got like this this uh prestige you know, rammed up its ass and it's got a cape and a big S on its chest now because it can, it can now. um, So that's the motivation for everybody, you know, in in sort of Western medical science is because it it strokes their ego. It it makes them a hero. Um, And then as, as well, there's, the news can sell a lot of fear and hate, which is very lucrative and the vaccine companies and, and just big pharma in general, like it's way more lucrative to sell cures or to sell medicine than it is to promote good health. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you view it in terms of being forced to buy a consumer product, it makes a lot more sense to me um, mm-hmm. why why the language is limited. Because, like, why would Coca-Cola want to share its, its public space, its advertising space for alternatives when they're selling poison? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you don't – and they've sunk a lot of money into it, right? So – well, that's and the that's thing kind with
0: that. yeah, that's the thing with vaccines—is how much how much funding has gone into the development of these vaccines and the distribution of these vaccines. And I—what gets me is sorry. I'm I'm definitely not. I I think that kids should be vaccinated for the things that we've come to realize are the most detrimental to humanity. I have all my vaccine. I have more vaccines than most people probably do from traveling around the world. So yeah, that's fair. So I'm definitely not. Anti-vax. The only thing that I'm concerned about is what is the potential cost to number one, the cost of life in terms of the actual lives that we lose due to whether it be COVID or potential vaccine complications down the road, and also the cost of the cost of quality of life in terms of the dollar figure that we lose because e-
1: economies being shut down over. Uh, yeah, well, all the money's period. been all the money has been transferred to like a few corporations now too, right? Like Mm -hmm. Amazon and Walmart, we're allowed to keep going and and all the businesses are out of business. And so like the, the greatest sort of pushback against any kind of consolidated power is the family structure and, and the proprietorship businesses, small businesses. Yeah. Um, I mean, smaller, smaller businesses can, can move faster so they can innovate quicker uh, and then they can challenge like larger larger things that have lectured a bit right so like in the case of like apple or something you know like we like their products um for a long time they're completely without la- leadership and they don't really have a lot of progress now so their position is going to be to limit their competition mm-hmm. what they need to do to stay where they are is to attack their competition through ip laws possibly um and the, uh, and, and or you know just calling calling it'd be a great position as a company selling a product to be able to call people that challenge the product you're selling uh like nazis Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like if you can call like these people hate your grandmother they're trying to kill your grandmother they're associated with like the capital riots they're trump people whatever like like let's not let's not forget that the trump administration oversaw this vaccine which doesn't make any sense to me so everybody hates trump uh, and then with operational warp speed, he makes a vaccine or he oversees the making of a, a rapidly made vaccine uh, in whatever, like uh, 18 months, month, nine months or something? like it was it's shorter.
0: It was nine months. Yeah, it like it's,
1: it's a preposterous length of time. It's preposterous. Like it takes 10 years to make a vaccine safely. Yeah. And like, you know, you can make them fairly quick, but like, you know, you need to test shit. Um, and I don't know how you could hold... The the level of contempt and and anger for this the Trump sort of administration while simultaneously being okay with the vaccine that he made mm-hmm. since like everything that the administration does is this like demagogue's fault usually in politics you know whatever yeah. whatever happens on that person's watch is so I don't I don't understand like the the level of dissidence between those two things is is astounding to me but again it's just I mean, if you give me control of the media for, you know, 18 months, I guess I can get people to put water in the fridge to boil it, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. And there'll be people that speak out against it, but what we'll do is just hang them publicly as heretics. Yeah. And I,
0: I think that's the most concerning thing to me is that people, it's not just media, but people that go along with it, which is obviously that's a requirement to any kind of, mass silencing is that the masses actually have to be some in some form of participant of that. And I think that very often, it's actually a far smaller number. But it's a far smaller number than the, the actual 50%. I don't think that it's that high. I think it's much smaller than that. But their voices are very loud because of social media.
1: But one thing that well, And, and also, they're saying the right thing. So like, like I said, I just want to point out the fact that social media, so called social media is owned by monopolies. Mm-hmm. They are not. They are not for the user. They are delivery devices for advertising and nothing more. Uh, and when when something opposes it, like Gab, it gets associated with like terrorism. Yeah, you know, like like the New, Ze- New Zealand shooter live streamed the execution of fifty people on Facebook, and the media said that Gab was the dangerous platform. What is Gab? It's a. It was an alternative. Uh, to like Facebook, who's like mm-hmm. a competitor, essentially. Um, yeah, there's a forum. Any kind of forum that isn't Facebook is a threat to humanity. Yeah. Any, any, any alternative um, medicine or lifestyle choices that affect the uh, sales, the forced sales of a pharmaceutical company is a th- threat. And it's, those, those people are crazy people. They like, they wanna kill your children. You know, yeah. Well, that's the thing uh, with ivermectin as well.
0: Zyvermectin is now off-label, so it costs. I think it's around three to six dollars per treatment, and theoretically, if 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 everyone in the world took this all at the same time and stayed on it for a month to four months, COVID would just be completely wiped off the face of the earth. And it's also like it it it's safe we've had a a track record treating river blindness for 40 years and nobody's dropping dead or,
1: I mean, you might get some, you might get some reactions,
0: right? That's what I'm saying. It's not completely safe, but it seems to, it seems to work and not cause people to drop dead.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a better product than one that we are like, I mean, you're not even allowed to say it's killed people, but it has. Mm hmm. You know, and it's like, I, um, I was talking to somebody and their their dad died and they, they posted like he died of, you know, he had a seizure and it was after his second dose and he didn't have any problems, but I just want to say vaccines are safe. And I'm like, okay, well, it's weird that like, that you're running interference on conspiracy theorists while you should be in mourning. Like yeah. it's, it's terrifying the level to which we would become advertisements for like these sort of i don't know like a consumerism of ideology but i mean that's just yeah that's like they call it like the commie side sort of calls it late stage capitalism mm-hmm. we're um yeah. starbucks again you know like i hate them less and less but more they get picked on so I, I feel like i don't want to pick on them as much because i don't know why they're not part of the club like I don't, Starbucks? they're, hmm? Starbucks? Yeah, like when I was, there was these two guys um, were lounging around and then uh, they weren't, they weren't buying anything. They were there for a meeting or something. And then somebody said, okay, like please leave or whatever, uh, and then somebody recorded that and they became this sort of racist thing. And like they got shook down by the whole uh, social justice uh, mafia, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Like, so you can do, you can do whatever training you want uh sensitivity training uh it doesn't doesn't matter you need to pay the right organizations large sums of money for the media to stop bothering you mm-hmm. and uh it's odd to me because like starbucks is you know just as unethical as Nestle and and coca-cola like they do the same level of exploitation i don't understand why they weren't part of the club like is it some sort of like like they don't have the right friends at the country club or something that they they keep getting sort of picked on like that. so. But it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, this injustice. And <laughs> I hate them anyway. Uh, I can't remember what I was... Oh, because they build... The reason I, th- I thought it was Starbucks is because they have this um, ethical water. So they build... They build wells or whatever. So they basically like put the, the guilt and the guilt relief into the consumer product. Just mm-hmm. the system that we're living in. I just think it's a really good example of like... Like, you should feel guilty about the the sort of dominance of this culture and the exploiting of developing regions, Um, but, and also here's the relief for that. And it, like, and you're, you're, you get to just purchase that experience as well as the bottle of water that you need for the day. Yeah. Um, And uh, coming back to vaccines and shit, right? Like, that's just, it's just this is the trajectory we're on this sort of neoliberalism in the in the politics can, uh, becoming a this sort of authoritarian consumerism i don't know how else to describe it
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you you don't you're making a political choice by deciding to get a vaccine or not like i don't know like yours your vaccine works better if i get mine <laughs> I guess
0: for the broad scale society, yeah, that would be the case, and I think that's what the one of the main pushes are is that if everyone gets this vaccine, then everyone's safe, which is once again, I think that's a reasonable statement to have.
1: Yeah, but we should all go jogging then too. That is true. I do like. Agree with yeah, that. I mean, you want to like there, are, the, no government on earth use this as an opportunity to talk about healthy lifestyles or what we consume on a daily basis, which mm-hmm. is garbage. Yeah. Like you know, like I know somebody that just lost his leg to diabetes. You know. <laughs> like he's concerned about getting a vaccine, but <laughs> yeah, and on <laughs> oh, on, the, on the note of what your friend
0: was saying about her dad dying, I think that people should have the opportunity to go on and say, "Hey, I I think vaccines are safe." My qualm is when people go on and say, "Okay, let's discuss this." That yeah, no it's like that's the issue. And I I I think you totally hit the nail on the head with healthy lifestyles because all of the all of the predispositions to being affected mostly or being the most likely to die from COVID were all health related. It was all
1: how Yeah, often there's always do, a comorbidity when it walked. comes. Yeah. And that's the thing about viruses. Like I, I, I say this. I'm like, well, viruses don't kill people. They exacerbate existing issues generally. Mm-hmm. Um, that that issue that like is exacerbated for like some healthy person. That, you know, like that is a, is the example they're going to hold up. Oh, it killed this person that didn't have anything wrong with them. There's probably like there's also a genetic factor in everything that we do, which sucks. Yeah, like, there's, there's gonna just be a, the outlier. There's a bunch of moving parts. Uh, Nobody gets out of here alive is the bottom line. So, and if we're making these decisions based on fear, I don't think that's very well, it's not going to produce very rational results basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I don't think I responded very well to what you just said, Um, but oh, oh, that's just what I was trying to think of. It's not that you need to limit one voice. Or it isn't, it isn't that somebody's saying something, it's that nobody's allowed to say anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, and what you're describing is the, the unilateral, uh, experience we have with most media and expression is top down. So what social media does is fool people into thinking that they have, uh, a means of expression when that means of expression can only be focused through a narrow, um, channel. Like you can only do, you can only say certain things. And if you do those things, you'll be rewarded. And if you don't do those things, you will uh, be silenced. Mm-hmm. So there's no conversation. And it appears to be a conversation though, because you, well, well Chomsky said that too, right? It's like, it's not about the, the best propaganda systems uh, limit the scope, limit that Overton window and then encourage very uh, lively debate within it. But everything off the outside of that is there's monsters in the edge of the world, Right. Mm-hmm. Which are often the things that we actually should be discussing. Well, I, that's what I like. I think, I mean, I have a very imaginative brain too, right? So I like talking about stuff through allegory and and whatnot. Which is, yeah, I mean, I focus. This is the reason I focus on music is because it's propagandic in nature, right? So, like, I don't know if you ended up listening to episode twelve. Yeah. Did you get through it? Final boss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! See, like, about it's about hour it, and forty minutes. It's yeah um there's a wide spectrum of stuff there right like can i just kind of put it all put it all in uh, and you can take what you want from it basically but um i try to be like i guess my point is that i'm trying to uh make it as palatable for this machine as possible mm-hmm. because people will they sense of their own thoughts too when they encounter ideas they'll be like Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I have to, uh, I have to reject this idea. I remember in my schooling, the TV told me like, even if you're just having a, you know, or you're talking to somebody and they, you say the wrong thing and they just morph into agent Smith from the matrix because you've challenged the system.
0: How did you, how did you get into music? What was the, what was um, the means for you to actually start producing music in, in that thing? <laughs> uh,
1: so I had like a nervous breakdown. I'm just going to point my tea. Okay. I had like a nervous breakdown around, well, around the time this culture uh, war kind of started in earnest. Um, and I was just messing around on an iPad 4 that I had bought, uh, used. And it came with GarageBand, I think. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of messing around with, um, with loops and stuff like that and, and sort of developing it. Um, and it wasn't for another couple of years, really, perfecting those skills to a large extent. Um, and then basically, uh, I started kind of working in some, like, like, I think some quotes from Rocky on one of the techno pieces, like a very techno, very like old school kind of sounds. Uh, and then I, um, then I, then I did a couple of pieces that were based on movies. I liked like Gattaca and Robocop. I used the, I, I actually had to. I didn't know how to, to get a MIDI of some of these songs. So I, uh, I literally made my own MIDI on this iPad, um, by like looking at somebody like looking at the notes on a, on a sheet or whatever. So with Gattaca, I did this sort of like, I liked the themes in that movie and I thought it was an underrated film and sort of developed that. And then, uh, I did, yeah, I did Robocop. Anyway, I did a couple of songs and I was kind of on the edge where I'd really like got to a point where I was confident with my skills uh, and then I watched Last Jedi, and I was like, "Oh, okay, they're they're out for blood. They want to destroy <laughs> all of our stories. So I better start um, speaking the other side." And again, it's like it's not it's not that like ideas need to be limited. It's that you it's that they it's not that things are censored. It's that only one side is censored. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's always like it's not it's not that like women talk shit about men. It's that you can't say the other way. You can't. You can you can make jokes in one direction but not the other and it's like that's going to create a dynamic that's not not a good situation like conflict is a very good way to resolve well conflict i guess <laughs> like um anything no. that's not yeah stuff that doesn't get expressed sours in, in a soul it, it it turns very negative very quickly and um yeah. yeah but yeah that's how i got into the music and like um yeah, I mean, it's just been like kind of a four year, I mean, from 2017 to now, it's just been like this like massive project until recently, I did like kind of this sort of series of um, reusing the same movie characters, like uh, recontextualizing them or reappropriating them the way I wanted um, and telling a story about um, banking cartels and propaganda and uh, you know, like the attack on masculinity and the attack on, on the feminine as well. Um, conspiracy theories, everything. I just kind of put it all together and created this like long-form story that finally ended. And now I feel liberated from from all of that. Um, I, I gave myself psoriasis in the process. How'd you do that? Uh just stress. Um, I I'm I'm a firm believer that in most psychological issues, like ADHD and uh, like at least rapid cycle uh, bipolar. Is that what it's called still? I'm not um, sure. Yeah, anyway. So, I mean, that would be, you would classify me as like a probably rapid rapid cycle bipolar with a dash, a psychotic depression or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, your, your, your guess with the, the, this is your brain on drugs was really interesting. Um, because I really like psychologists that focus on data collection and not conjecture. Yep. I'm a big um, quantitative guy. Yeah, like psychological theory just seems like a place for people that aren't really good at hard science to hide and and talk some serious shit and make up stories that about themselves that they can project on the world around them. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Jung. Um, you know, not a huge fan of of uh, Freud. Right? Basically. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. We were talking about. To, to right? be honest. Oh yeah, so I'm a I'm a firm believer in um, the the effect of like trauma on the outcomes, right? Like 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 talking about lifestyle, right? Like if I drink too much while I'm working on uh, a very stressful like art piece that I've given myself a time crunch for, and my relationship is falling apart, I it, it I just happen to get like psoriasis at that time, which is kind of an interesting coincidence. Um, and I find that like, you know, like I drank, I drank a few beers last night. Right. So you got the gluten, which has probably, you know, reached its like level of tolerance over the last 40 years in my body. Mm-hmm. Cause I've ingested so much of it. My body's just like, like fuck off with the gluten already. Um, when inflammation, right. Mm-hmm. All of these inflammatory things, uh, are, I think it's like a healing crisis it's just coming to the surface. Uh, and then when I do behave negatively towards myself it manifests so it's like i'm really thirsty today i'm drinking lots of water and stuff um because i was drinking last night it's like a very quick cycle for me and it's it's interesting that like nobody talks about um just that as the root of a lot of health issues I, i guess that was my point i didn't mean to go off on a tangent there but basically like like i'm not a doctor but i I know that this is stress. Yeah. You know? And it's also it's the way I treat myself. And I don't I don't think pills or or like topical steroids might help the way a makeover might help your self esteem. But it's not a solution. Mm-hmm. It's it's coffee for breakfast. Like yeah, you got okay, you've got now you've got two hours to find some actual carbohydrates. Yeah. You know? Well, I think so. that
0: ties in really well with what we were talking about with uh, comorbidities and COVID, where yeah. rather than rather than saying, "Okay, guys, maybe we need to look at our society and come up with a broad scale change that actually addresses the way that we interpret health and the way that we interpret diets and exercise and being outside and being social," instead, yeah. I, I'm not even sure where that conversation went, but it definitely went by the wayside. I've seen the occasional, mm-hmm. I've seen the occasional professional athlete, and not even big professional athlete, but guys that I used to play volleyball with, they'll share the occasional comorbidity statistic and say, these are the things that we need to be addressing. And it's high sugar diets, smoking, morbid obesity. And none of these things have entered the domain of conversation during this, dur- during this whole thing. And I oh, know you're
1: not allowed to talk about it. And like, I'm not even allowed to make a comparison to how like how many people died of cancer every year preceding the last two years how I many people like end the flu mm-hmm. like, people were dying of the flu and now the flu is gone because that's how viruses kind of work right like they evolve over time um i feel like like i don't want to get too spiritual because i sound like a wingnut hippie that's like refuses blood transfusions and and medical science But like to a large extent, um, viruses are coming out of our environment. Like it's not, it's not a coincidence that the population density and density of pollution are producing the highest amount of cases and deaths. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, and again, it's that viral load too, right? Where it's like, how much of it are you, how much of it is attacking your body at once? Like, how are you, you know, is it able to, and I don't, yeah, I'm not an expert, I'm not a virologist, so I don't. I don't claim to be, uh, and I find myself getting into the realm of storytelling and like talking about the body fighting off a disease, because that's that's what I was told in school. Is that it's like you know, like it, this this soldier comes in and then the body the body like fights it off with antibodies and right all that stuff, and I'm like, okay, that I mean that's sort of true, but like, it, yeah. What's interesting about what you said earlier, though, is that, like, you're you're still framing it in terms of, like, what we should be forcing people to do. Like, that's our mentality is, like, like, yeah, we should be forcing people to jog and have good health. It's like, well, no, I think that liberty tends to beat most systems. I'm, I'm not sure if I'd say we need to be doing this. No, But, things. like, I, I just mean, like, in terms of how we think about it, mm-hmm. we think about right. it in terms of control and yeah. only control when the reality is we should be focusing on what you can do for yourself and the people in your life. And then if we radiate from, from a, uh, foundation of, of that peace and, and balance you're going to do, you're going to create a, a, a sustainable change because it's not coming from any kind of authoritarian position and save the authoritarianism for murderers and, and rapists. Right. I I agree with that. I think that there's a,
0: I do think that there's a little bit of a, maybe you could say it's a righteous proclivity for people that are in that subgroup of being the the healthy ones where they're saying, okay, I've kind of dealt with my thing. So maybe you guys should deal with your thing so that we can all move on. But then at the same time, I think that there's a righteous counterculture from the people that are within those healthy subgroups saying, well, who, who are you to say, who are you to imply that maybe I shouldn't be 600 pounds? And smoking a pack of cigarettes, well, today, then, which is totally yeah. reasonable.
1: So yeah, no, the, the, the way to deal with that is just let them do what they want and don't help them if you don't want to help them. Mm-hmm. But when we, when we create systems where everybody has to, whether they consent to it or not participate uh, you end up with like control. Right. And like, I mean, politics is just about uh, unionizing political force. Right. Like, so if, if, if you get the best way to get voted into something is to convince people that can't necessarily get anything done on their own. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a capitalist pig, but like basically uh, less productive people coming together to force resources to be redistributed from something that is more productive. Now that that's pretty abstract and it doesn't really account for the accumulation of wealth over time or the exploitation and stuff. But the bottom line is, is that political um unions are are about unionizing force of many against minorities of people with more more resources, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um and so and and again that's that's just like that's the rhetoric that we that we get is, is about forcing people to do stuff. Like yeah, like it's it's a better you're gonna get more consumption out of somebody that's overweight and smoking, if you tell them that what they're doing is is fine, and the people that are that are like opposing that are are wrong. And then on top of that, we have like a healthcare system. You're in the states, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously it's a different situation, but like you're not, you're by no means uh, a completely free market. Like, I don't even know what the, like the States is a bit of a mess in terms of the health well, Like it's a mess Canada. up here. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have a, you have an understanding of like, yeah. Um, but like they, they act as though it's like the media tells me that the, the American system is completely like libertarian, like some sort of hellscape. And I'm like, well, that's not true because you do, they have hospitals, which, you know, wouldn't exist in your like how did they get built and and if people come into there for just emergency things they they do get treated they don't turn patients away so i'm not sure like it's some weird hybrid which doesn't work um in canada i don't know canada's if i have to pay taxes to have the healthcare system and then they shut down all the hospitals because of a scary virus then i want my money back because i'm not using this i'm not using the service that i was forced to buy, pay for um and so this, this is when you run into trouble, though, with, like, systems that force people to participate. Now, I, know I don't call myself a libertarian. Like I said, I'm over two-thirds of that. I do think we, you know, live in a society and you do need some sort of cooperation. Yeah, you got it. Um, my, my my point is that, like, if you exer- examine this in terms of, like, the, the sort of the game theory of getting getting control of that unionized force and you and you don't think of um these political actions like the the rhetoric in terms of like what's right or wrong or the even the best for society it's about getting that power and selling products it's a lot easier to understand why people are put into groups and and attack each other because you can always pay one half of the poor to pay the or to kill the other right so Hmm. i mean that's i don't know am i am i off tangent no no okay so i'm I'm, I'm
0: thinking about, I've been thinking about this for a while in that. So the American healthcare system, I would say is far better than any other healthcare system in terms of quality. If, if I need something, I don't have to, if I need a surgery, I don't have to you wait wouldn't. six months. I can, yeah. I can get into a dog, as long as I'm insured. And that's another thing that you have to think about in these systems is that the the cost of insurance should be hopefully accessible to people and hopefully healthcare becomes a, a human right and at the same time if you go into a if you go into a global healthcare so something like canada then i would say that maybe there's a small portion of people that are the majority of the weight in that health healthcare system and by that measure then you have a bunch of people that are Actually, taking care of themselves, and you, even if we were to frame this in a, from an so let, let's frame this from an economic perspective, if you have a bunch of people that are taking care of themselves, they're actually investing in their own health and in their life, and then they also have to invest back into the healthcare system, which they're not going to use because they're investing in themselves. So they're doubling up on an investment, and then there are people that are generally less healthy, that you could also say that those people are actively investing in their reduction of health or dishealth. health to so, say you have a you have an alcoholic that has that over time they have to get their liver replaced or something like that not not trying to not trying to yell at you or anything
1: no 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 no, no. <laughs> i'm functional anyway so it's like um i started a new project so it's like i hit this sort of euphoria sorry i'm just going to talk about myself for a sure. second um i really am like an artistic mind like i get it um I I hit kind of a euphoria for working on this project and then like, it's kind of an emotional exhaustion. So you end up like kind of drinking for four days in a row coming out of that. And then you go, okay, well, no, you're 40 and you're not gonna, like I lift every day to to try to create the same sort of stability, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of self-medicating, I addict myself, Uh, addict. Yeah. I, I addict myself to, (laughs) um, things that are positive, right? Right. Like you're better off being addicted to yoga. Right. Or even like talking spiritual shit on social media, if that's mm-hmm. what if that's what it takes, right? Like that's better for you than looking at porn, even yeah. though it's essentially the same, same thing. It's it's sort of the bright brighter side of that part of the ego and the brain. So, right, you're anyways. you're playing on a similar mechanism, and so yeah, no, cool. I I I do think you should frame everything in terms of economics when it comes to uh, people interacting with each other. I mm-hmm. don't. I think that's like. I mean, I know that that's not the Alan mode. Like, I know that we're supposed to frame things in terms of, like, this sort of moral narcissism, you know, of, of like, oh, you know, or uh, even even a social, not social construction, it's, um, yeah, social constructionism, essentially, right? Where everything is a product of environment. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. But also we, I mean, the first act of free will is to, like admit that you have free will and you, or, or if you don't, if you don't think that entirely, you might as well just uh, behave as though you do have will Mm -hmm. because that's the only option you have anyway. It's like to affect change inside of the sphere of your life. If you end up, um, like I said, but the rhetoric of politics is always about getting people that are disconnected from themselves and what will actually make them happy or, or even healthy and, and putting them into unions of force that they can use against other people that have shit that they can take. Mm-hmm. You know. okay, and, so that, and, that ties
0: back into what I was talking about with, the, yeah. with comparing things economically in terms of a healthcare perspective where people, as you said, there are people that are investing in yoga. There are people that are investing yeah. in exercising and that improves their long-term health potential and then there are also people that are investing same mechanism, but they're investing in things that over time erode their longevity and their health. And that's one of the issues that I have with a healthcare system. And I honestly, I've reaped the benefits of universal healthcare. So I can't
1: talk a lot of shit about it. I've had two Achilles. Well, it's, it's, almost and- like you, it's almost like you have to be a, uh, like a secret capitalist, even though I don't like that term. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you have this idea of like, like, a a rational, like, look at marketplace and and you you think in terms of free market, you have to pretend like there's always a caveat at the beginning. It's like, oh, well, I know there's outliers and there's certain circumstances and I, you know what I mean? It's like, you you know, maybe we used to be the other way around is why and, like, there's a lot of atrocities or whatever, you know, a lot of uh, grievance. Um, But we have definitely been conditioned to be um, shy about thinking these sort of like this logo centric ideas <laughs> where like cool. uh, maybe you should take care of yourself it's like well some people can't some people have this or whatever and I'm like well those people then I we can talk about those people but you <laughs> you specifically I know can get into better shape and it's like you know anyway you're saying it's, it's just funny because like you have to you're, you're constantly so, not you but like all of us are constantly self-censoring Yeah. Well, um,
0: capitalism is the it's an absolute horrible form of economy. It's terrible. It's full of exploitation. It's it's, it's it's children, it's children in factories, right? It's the best that we've found so far.
1: Well, the term, the term reduces a complex system of voluntary action down to its most static and simple component capital. Like we don't have capitalism because we don't have, we have fiat currency that they, that they print into existence, that they loan into existence. What we have is debt slavery that, um, central banks, uh, like dominate the globe with the American, uh, army over. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not, this is not a free market or, or capitalism. You need capital for that. And no one has any, cause all of our currency is debt based. They printed like half of the currency, American currency that ever existed in the last 18 months. Yeah. That's, that's like, horrifying. Like we're, yeah, it's going to be the trillion dollar note and then the currency will be like bullets and then gold ideally but I don't really I feel like we've got a shot at changing the path this time because I'm not really digging this particular revolutionary cycle. Yeah I think I think
0: debt based <laughs> debt based is an interesting term that I like I've always thought of it as more of a promise. Money is a promise. If I'm, I'm gonna do this thing and it's really hard for me to go to the market and trade my cow like I want that I want that piece of paper, but he yeah. wants a chicken and I have a cow.
1: Yeah, that's currency. It's just
0: a, a right, Right, chip. and, that, and that's, what, but that's what money has essentially become as a promise that, well, if I, if I sell my cow, you're giving me this piece of paper, and when I get that piece of paper, then that's a promise that this is going to be worth my cow
1: tomorrow. Yeah, depending on the – no, it's going to be worth what it is. It's going to be worth a, a static – value of something scarce so gold works because there's only so much of it right um and then the the amount of cows the price of the cow can fluctuate based on how many cows there are right but that's the idea with money is that it's not fluctuating so it's supposed to be static and it's right yeah so if you want to control a people you know nefariously from the shadows you control the means of expression and the means of exchange mostly the means of exchange the means of expression, the media side, is more like a magic or sorcery that fools people into, or like distracts people from seeing um, the the economics of the situation, how they're being ruled. Which is like, I just don't think it's an accident that we've been told to be shy about talking about economics from a from a sort of more, I don't know, right wing or libertarian perspective, from a free market perspective.
0: Well, from, a, like, from a strictly economical perspective.
1: Yeah, like just looking at it, oh, that reduces people down to nuts and bolts. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure the communists do that too. Yeah. P- pretty sure they think that you can interchange human beings into any job. Like you kind of have to, and McDonald's can do that, you know, because they yeah. reduce the job down to like one or two buttons, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like there, be, that would be very liberating. But you need to have some sort of outlet outside of that, yeah, so um yeah, I hijacked you because you were talking about uh healthcare, and you were and I just noticed that like I do the same thing like mm-hmm. where we have to be outwardly extrovertedly shy about these ideas because we don't want to be we don't want to have to like they're like look i look at these are the self flagellation marks on my back for being an <laughs> evil like straight male capitalist. Living in the first world, reaping all the benefits of of all this stuff, but it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't consent to being born here or participating in a healthcare system. You know, uh, I criticize it because it doesn't, because theoretically, it's not gonna, it can't function forever. Like if we're spending, you know, half of our money on healthcare, half of our resources are going into healthcare. We've we've hit a we've not incentivized the right behavior. That's a really good point. I think that's
0: the the central mode that I was getting at. I do agree that people proclaim their privilege before making statements contrary to the privileges that they have reaped, which is interesting. Do you point that out? I, I do appreciate that. Thanks. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the crux of what I'm getting at is lots of I'm not even sure what the crux of what I'm getting at is it, it's it's definitely a, in some form a, a critique of what we're doing because if we if we promote unhealthy behaviors and dissuade people from making healthy decisions based on personal responsibility and individual autonomy then we just get into this world where and that, that's the way that I see the one of the benefits of the US economy is that or the US healthcare system is that, well, you can pay, you can invest in yourself, and that's going to make it that's going to make it less likely that you actually need healthcare. And obviously there are extraneous circumstances. But and and then that also I think that also ties into a social perspective where people that are generally less well off also don't have the opportunity to take care of themselves and invest in themselves in the way that would make them the most healthy. So you have groups of people that are the. I'm not going to use the term oppressed because I hate it, but you have people that are not able to, or not, not immediately able to thrive in the economy, and because of that, they're unable to invest in themselves. And those would be the people that would require the most help, actually.
1: Yeah, they lack opportunity, I suppose, Mm -hmm. but that is a Mm -hmm. form of oppression because that lack of opportunity has been um articulated or, or realized manifested by uh, collective force the mm-hmm. the violence of government yeah like you can't i can't just open up a lemonade stand and that's not my community stopping me from doing it it's the law right mm-hmm. you know and then you look at the lockdowns i mean that's a really great example because it would have impacted um uh vulnerable communities that's better than oppressed mm-hmm vulnerable communities more um than anybody else you know and then the media is telling them to burn down the targets in their neighborhood i'm like okay well like they're those are probably owned by like black owners like the, the wendy's you, you burn down it's probably owned by a black guy like what are you doing why is the media uh, anyway um but yeah, if you notice, I mean, I'm not just talking about franchises because they've, they've replaced everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so the only people that can compete in, in such a regulated market are massive corporations because mm-hmm. they're the only ones that can, can move uh, and implement new policy because they have access to not capital, not like coffers of gold where they can actually put this money out, but they have access to uh, like finance. They have access to uh, credit, which is what our system runs on so it's more about like yeah like the credibility and stuff and and the opportunities would result in people being able to just work or or innovate or create something and and have a place to be able to do that that would liberate a lot of i mean that's like essentially why um drug crime and and the whole propaganda against drugs was was such a useful thing right because like i mean that's go to McDonald's and work there or sell drugs at a 300% markup or not, not even three. Yeah. uh, yeah. 300% like times three at -hmm. that level, the street level you're you're getting like kind of a three to one. So that's like, I mean, that's a good job, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so and those are the people that are creating opportunities for themselves and the state is running direct interference. Now, ironically enough, the, the price of drugs wouldn't be three to one, even at like at that level, it's like whatever, a thousand to one, if you're producing it, um it wouldn't be three to one without the intervention of the government in the first place making it illegal and therefore scarce um and it's also going to attract the the worst the worst possible people are going to be attracted the the most violent people are going to be involved in that because it's so lucrative and also that because it has to Mm self-regulate like the the authority within within drug sales, uh, our, contraband of any kind, has to it can't go to the police, so it makes its own rules. Yeah, uh, and because that hasn't, because there's enough territory being fought over that that, that the violence is going to be uh, a lot. Um, the violence of our culture, like the the borders of our stuff, is like pushed right out to proxy wars, right? Mm-hmm. And then the because we've agreed that the cops get to be the only ones that have the um the right to beat people up and shoot them and stuff. So, but but it, yeah, anyway, sorry, I we went off on a fucking tangent again. Um basically, the opportunities in a community would would be what liberate people from evil capitalism. It isn't it isn't oppression from I mean, it, it is to an extent now because of like how far we've gone on this path of this sort of corporatocracy where where the the, the unionized force of government being implemented, this monopoly of violence has been used only to enforce the growth and consolidation of capital wealth or not capital credit debt based wealth in these corporations. So it's like at this point they're buying up everybody's houses. Like there's no opportunity, not even the middle class has been completely destroyed and the working class has no options. So now we can just work. That's the only option. And yeah, that's going to affect vulnerable communities more because like when we're pushing people to that level of poverty, like, you know, people are going to form into gangs. They're going to, you know, they're going to hire their friends and their friends are going to likely have the same skin color as them until they have, until the, the system grows to start incorporating other people. And you get the odd, you know, multicultural group of friends, but like for the most part, like your family might look like the next, you know, So it's going to appear on the surface to be racist is, I guess, my point. Mm -hmm. Um, When it's just the natural, like, yeah, and if there's less of somebody in this community and they've got less money to start off when this lockdown happens, it's going to get, it's just going to exacerbate that. But I mean, they're hundred percent, right. It's, it's definitely affecting minorities. It's more oppressive to minorities than, than to the majorities. Mm -hmm. It's uh uh Oh, Oh, I see. Um, Oh, sorry. My fan. I like Apple because they, um, they gave me a computer without internal, um, cooling. <laughs> like it has internal cooling and it's the, it's the whole media, you know, for media people, they, they, they sold the sold me on this Mac and I, I like it cause I use GarageBand or whatever, but like, it's got one fan inside of it. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So capitalism bad, uh, because racism, but, that's not that's just because of like literally the army running interference on on challenging corporate structures. Yeah. I think that,
0: I think the police force also hasn't had the opportunity to actually catch up with technology mm-hmm. in the before cameras were available. There was a lot of police brutality and now people are actually starting to realize like oh, well, we have to actually train police officers to, to be
1: better at their job. We have I, to increase training opportunities. There's no way to train them to do the job that we want them to do. Like They have to do domestic disturbance and then also, like for some reason, um, take on drug dealers who are dealing with a product, like I said, that is extremely lucrative and um, they have to do it in an orderly way. And then they also have to like stop people from littering and speeding. Like it's, they're doing, it's the laws. It's the fact that we're trying to get, because a cop should just be some guy that we've decided is in charge of like beating up the guy that we need to have his ass kicked because he's had a line. Mm-hmm. And and only, only when people do things that are worth kicking somebody's ass over are when the cops should show up. And maybe they shouldn't even do that. Maybe they should just show up and document the history of the crime because that's usually what they do anyway. You know? Um, I don't want to go full like you know a libertarian gun nut, but like it just seems to be that um waiting for the cops to show up while somebody's trying to commit a violent crime against you is not not ideal. it's not a very good response um and why like why are the cops worrying about whether or not people sell things to each other like okay. it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense like why why an army would be you know like they just the king wants his taxes i guess is basically but again if you start thinking of it in terms of economics it's like why are they not allowed to do that well i mean quite literally to oppress um uh like malnourished uh, underdeveloped regions well that was something that owen and i talked about as well was
0: what the actual cost benefit analysis would be if you were to decriminalize drugs. And it seems to be that if you were to decriminalize drugs, it would actually be more beneficial for the people that are drug addicts because they're not, then as, as you said earlier, then the cost actually comes down a ton and people aren't spending all of their money on drugs
1: and they don't have to hide their behavior and they can, they can go to the rest of society when they run into contract disputes. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, there's, yeah, there's all sorts of reasons. When you bring something into the light, the best disinfectant is sunlight, right, basically? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just like, to me, it just makes total sense that, that an oppressive government would, or oppressive system of any kind would attack things that, that um, are the only, the only outlet of, of like opportunity, the only opportunities that some people are presented with. Like, the war on on drugs shut down the civil rights movement, or rather uh, moved the civil rights movement into grievance culture, if that makes sense. What do you mean by that? So, like, the civil rights movement had, you know, a reasonable claim, uh, more of a Malcolm X guy than a a Martin Luther King guy. Um, But basically, like, it's like, okay, well, what we want is to not be... Um, you know, I, we don't want cops targeting us and shit like that, right? So they start pushing back with a reasonable position. They've got a lot of middle-class white people behind this movement. It's an anti-war movement as well. Um, and it's all kind of, it's culminating in, in basically an anti-oppressive movement where we want freedom and liberty and we want you to ensure our rights collectively. Uh, and the, the way to break that up is the war on drugs. So, you know, you you bring in heroin from... The very war that the people are protesting, you bring it into black communities, um, and then you up the ante on, on prosecution. So, you know, and then you, now, now you can take all the fathers away and throw them in jail and just wait a couple generations and you end up with a pretty destabilized community, right? Mm-hmm. But, and because of that, now, now you can use those statistics to create like the sort of next phase of a grievance, right? And so now we've got Black Lives Matter. But, like, yeah, they just wanted, you know, it started with just, you know, civil rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by way of interfering with um, both the marketplace of ideas, but also, like, literally just the economy, um, by altering how, how, how much of a contraband is, like, how, how illegal a contraband is, it, it exacerbated and steered, it steered it towards a more violent um, conflict than an intellectual one. Interesting. I don't think I'd ever heard that perspective before,
0: but yeah. I, do, I know like, that I know that crack cocaine is... Yeah, more, there you go.
1: Like I didn't want to, because that's like a conspiracy theory a lot of people don't want to hear. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: No, I, I think that's a, at least in my opinion, I think that's well documented that crack cocaine was more, it was prosecuted harder than cocaine
1: was. I've, yeah. I've heard different reasons for that, but I definitely think that that. Well, yeah. So, like the con- the, the Marxist side is going to tell you it's because it's it's anti-black, right? Mm-hmm. And then the white side will, I don't know. But like the black communities were asking for that because it's detrimental to the yeah, to the community. So that's the irony: is that you got to you got to trick people into asking for the authority, which is what we're witnessing right now at its sort of panultimate or its its zenith. <laughs> I've never seen it like this level. Right, people begging to be oppressed so what happens next what do you think um i'm okay yeah uh i have escape plans (laughs) because i like i mean there's people they're wearing masks as they're walking down the street you know what i mean and i'm Mm -hmm. like well like i don't know we're i mean what a perfect metaphor for disconnecting people from each other like it was it was enough to get everybody watching the sort of chattering Cyclops and playing games online and talking to each other through our phones and not really connecting to each other. Now you can't really even see somebody smiling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what is next? Uh, building communities from the ground up are the only, only where we're going to solve this problem. I'm not sure. There's a lot going on in Canada right now that I, you know, like I love Alberta. I've always wanted to come back here and I just don't feel as welcome as I used to because of the, the change. So, I mean, the optimism in, in me is, is like, I is, you know, try to have these conversations and, and create, truncate your ideas down into memes that can, you know, long-term infect everybody around you. Mm -hmm. um create create places of safety um reach out to your community i honestly just defying authority in small ways because like like realistically like this is a this is pushback like our 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 rights and freedoms are like at stake but it really is only a mild inconvenience in terms of like historically what it costs people to be free that that's something that i come back to often like yeah like we have enough resources and and even with a lockdown internet and everything is just completely like like and they basically they found a way to outlaw the right to free assembly and everybody's like yeah actually you're right we shouldn't be allowed to get together in groups and rally against city hall Mm -hmm. that should be you're right the people that are doing that are are terrible like and that's, that's crazy to me but um... Well then on the same sorry
0: on both sides of things those are terrible. The devil is the person opposite to you where if you want to get together and protest in front of City Hall then you're someone that's actively spreading a deadly disease and yeah. then also if you're someone that is protesting City Hall you look around and see everyone that isn't willing to stand up to the authority and the government. Yeah. So well, I think I think both of those are appropriate perspectives and
1: yeah, it's interesting. Um, they really got us uh, between a rock and a hard place in, intellectually. Like they've, uh, and I think that's the whole point of limiting discourse. Um, like I said, uh, language is an evolving uh, and collective effort that we we agree on. So, uh, like I said, I'm, uh, I, you know, like if if the majority of people don't want me here the way I behave, then I need to consider whether I should be here. Um, you know but like this sort of mass exodus from California is bringing yeah okay it it was pushed to the point where these people wanted to leave but like they put up with everything prior to that so they're bringing those ideas and that level of oppression to other areas that were like not really interested in one tenth yeah. of the of the level of, of authoritarianism that, that I was going to say California California was willing the <laughs> to put up with Um, that's fucked man I don't um, like I said I think like uh, I I'm I got one foot in taking care of myself and and, like thinking about like having physical gold and silver Mm -hmm. because like we're you know we're kind of in Weimar Germany you know Um, and I don't know like traditionally what happens is this sort of uh (sighs) We call it a democratic socialism. Like I mean, like Plato outlined the five regimes or whatever, right? And like so, democracy is one step away from tyranny. Now, what that tyranny looks like is um, if if we hang on to the democracy part, you end up with sort of a communist, uh, social democratic version, where you're, you know, you're generally killing like clergy and and lynching lynching the the spiritual side of things and and any kind of like heretic essentially, right? Uh, and then, from that, you get a Napoleon or a Hitler type coming up and as a, as a direct response to Marxist insurrection. so but I don't like this is a completely new version of history. Uh, and it's like we we should be like neck deep and in hyperinflation. You know, I'm not sure how we're not. It doesn't make any sense to me. I guess they're like the stimulus and all that. They've like they um the guys printing the money have figured out a way to like maintain the value of it somehow, even though like some, if you notice some inflation's happened pretty mm-hmm. quick. Right. Yeah. So, um, so like, if you want to, if you want, if you want like a way to get out of this system is like, we don't like opting out, not like refusing to participate in the, um, collective force used against others is one thing. Like, um we could create our own currency which is what some people have tried to do that's very liberating um but the bottom line is like we need to we need to be inconvenienced now losing your job for speaking out is very inconvenient and like it, you know you kind of you kind of need you kind of need a like a wife that's going to support that kind of conflict in your life so if like a family person, I don't know if you're interested in, in procreation or not, but it seems, it seems it, it's generally like an underlying, um, driving force in a lot of people's behavior. So like, like a family is not going to go against the grain that much yeah. until it's too late, which is generally like, this is a leverage point, right? this is why we are where we are. is cause a lot of people, like it's very inconvenient and it's like, With so many options for mating and reproductions, you're going to end up with a lot of hypergamy, Um, and so you don't really want to not have what little resources are allowed to the to this generation, mine and yours. You know, because there isn't like the boomers kind of sucked it all up, right? And it's um, this is why also you get the performative virtue signaling because we have to peacock instead of having resources to attract mates. Um, So i mean i i think the first step is accepting this position that you're not going to be a rock star um that 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 kneeling is like you will be forever um at the mercy of your masters when you do that um thinking things in terms of game theory and and why why the rhetoric is the way it is is another really good step but like these aren't actions right like, you have to accept that, um, I mean, to be effective in battle, a warrior has to accept death, essentially, right? So you need to accept the ramifications, and then from that position, go out into your community and try to make the change you want to see in the world, which is, you know, that's I mean, kind of hippy-dippy. Very romantic. It, yeah, well, it's true, though. I mean, it really is just, again, if you can create a medium of exchange, some sort of um hour per hour based currency of time where we you trade on a like a blockchain version of like time or even just a blockchain currency bitcoin you know is is under under the gun now uh the only the problem with that is a lack of um privacy in it i guess but uh, i mean it's it's a good start it's a good idea uh the idea that it's like it's the thing is, it is the currency. It's like, you know, you don't, people are treating it like a stock. Yeah. Not realizing, right? And it's like, you have to realize that if I invest in gold and then the price of gold doubles because the money like inflates twice, the government counts that as capital gains. They They count that as me making money. Mm -hmm. Because the price of what I own has gone up and then they'll tax me on that. And so what you need to do is get to a system where you're trading the gold again. Uh, We can, we have the technology in place to do that electronically. We could trade bottle caps. We could trade our time. We could develop communities that, um, that produce food and share with each other and just try to push back against this sort of consumptuous machine. Mm -hmm. Because it it feels like a, a machine versus humanity. So, I mean, I think the first step is figuring out what you want. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And like I said, you, you may want an escape plan. You may want to be like, you know, if they're going to call you a Nazi for, like, wanting to be able to buy, like, have a choice of bread and not wait in line for it, then, um, you know, I guess Argentina is where they go <laughs> to, to hide. The pig farmers. Yeah. I Yeah, it is what it is, man. Like, um, there we... <sighs> I feel like we can stop it. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, mm-hmm. but like this I, medical, this medical martial law, this like the, the way they've implemented this and the, the level, the, the power here to unseen in terms of like media control and, and the control of money is just, it's horrific. But I think that the devil's kind of showed his hand. Yeah. It's th- writing on the wall, isn't it? I think that's why I'm
0: inclined to do this. I wouldn't say I want to do this. Having these conversations kind of sucks because I'm young. And so I have a lot to lose. I think that's a, an interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, you seem
0: like a philosopher though. I I love, I love talking about ideas and I, I I wouldn't posit that I understand what the truth is, but I try to put forth the knowledge that I have and hope that, by you putting forth your knowledge, me putting forth my knowledge, we might be able to put a little puzzle piece together, or we might be able to get one step closer to the truth, whatever that truth may be. And something that I'm realizing more and more with this, I, I do think that you're right, that the, in some sense the devil's played his hand, and I think it'll just take exposure to that for people to understand what's happening. And the, the epitome example for me is that Ivermectin case where, this thing has been actively censored and downplayed to the extent that every person is now a walking billboard for vaccine safety, where we actually don't know vaccine safety to, to say that something is safe that we've mm-hmm. never put into a complex system before. And, to,
1: I mean, it works. Smoking's bad for you too, right? Right.
0: It, it works. I mean? Like I just,
1: um, I mean, on the bright side, maybe the vaccine like is killing people. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> that's that's the negative, but it's also the positive, because, like traditionally, uh, violence is used against um upstarts and and rebellious folks. So it's um if it's punishing submission, from a uh, if I'm looking at just a chessboard, mm-hmm. this is a terrible thing to say to go out well, on. so you want to bring this
0: back to something lighter. It's like there was a, there was a second there where I was going to call you a son of a bitch, but now from that perspective, I, I definitely understand where where that comes from. I wasn't actually going to call you a son of a bitch. Maybe I was just going to think it for a little bit.
1: Fair enough. No, you should like, I should, that's the kind of conversations you want to have, right? Where somebody has a instinctual instinctive rejection of what you say and then processes it. The violence, this sort of like focused level of conflict and friction is much better than if we build it up and then send an army to another country to take their shit. mm -hmm. Um, And again, politics is just fooling people. Into using what would other be otherwise be laudable qualities into hurting other people, so that the people that are doing the the trickery are getting extra portions.
0: Yeah, and on that on that same vein with the vaccine, I think that if people understand that the thing that they've been pushing for is actually maybe not. It, it wasn't the best thing that we could have done. There were better options, but those were actively dissuaded and censored and and oppressed. Then I think people. My hope is that by people understanding that, we can take a look back and say, "Well, maybe I was wrong." That's my that's my whole thesis towards this idea: is what if we're wrong about this? What if we're wrong about that? Wouldn't it be better if we just had open discussion towards everything, and then we could actually come towards a truth by a Darwinian process of evolution and the evolution of ideas? I I think that's far superior. So. I do think that a lot of horrible ideas are going to come out of that. But I think that that's something that we have to be willing to accept to come towards the truth.
1: Yeah. I find, um, I find meeting people at the finish line. Cause like, that's like, yeah, that's an interesting, rational, like discussion basically. Right. And it's, it's like, I like the Socratic thing, but it's like, to me, um, I just care whether or not I have to do something or don't have to, and then you need to justify why I have to do something. So, like, if I can get right down to the brass tacks in terms of like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to me that the truth is being told. Like, that's important. But like, the truth being suppressed wouldn't wouldn't have the same effect if we had like uh, hard, fast liberty. So it would outproduce. It would out outperform the need for seeking truth, which is what's interesting to me. So like, it wouldn't really matter if vaccines are good or bad or this one in particular and if um if uh you're you know like if, if what you're talking about is snake oil or not it wouldn't really matter because i could just do what i want and pursue the knowledge as much as i'm willing to and i could have people that i talk to about it but again like you've got to put effort into that so it would incentivize i mean buyer beware basically right i mean we had the food pyramid for a long time i'm pescatarian now you know like i was i was raw vegan for a while it 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 pushed a lot of like trauma out to the surface and got me you know to a better position and then i started examining like vitamin e and d and um uh just getting my omegas and shit right i'm yeah. going okay well i can't i can't really afford to spend my entire life like managing bananas and finding vegan alternatives to omegas and so i you know i did whatever mental gymnastics i had to 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 get to whatever my diet is. But my point is I'm, I'm actively concerned about what goes in Mm -hmm. to my body Um, and with the media. Right. And if people don't want to do that, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of ways to softly or or through positive incentives or positive um, what's that called? Positive uh, response or positive affirmation, reinforcement to get the right behavior out of people. Because generally, we respond to pain more. You know what I mean? Like Carlos Castaneda with the Tales of Don Juan. Did you ever read that series? No. Okay. Um, basically, a guy does peyote. A white guy does peyote in, in Mexico or whatever and tells, writes five books about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but the thesis, I think, essentially, is just um, the ego, ego needs to be tricked into knowledge. Like you can be given knowledge. I could read a book on Jeet Kune Do and I could I could appreciate Bruce Lee's perspective and all the philosophy. But unless I'm getting, I'm still going to like be drawn to form in martial arts because I, like my mind has like a you know structured masculine sort of logical thing, and I, I want to create like katas and and do that. So like in order to truly take on this knowledge that Bruce Lee wants to give me, he needs to beat me up or I need to lose a fight. Yeah, if that makes sense. Now you can wizards, you know, if you roll an 18 on your intelligence, you can be a wizard and you can pursue knowledge for knowledge's sake. And you can, there are some people that can do that, but the vast majority myself included on many topics needs to be tricked into information, new information. Mm-hmm. So if you're racist, you need to see a black guy, like not stealing a television, I guess. You know what I mean? Like you need yeah. to you your ego needs to be challenged in a way that is um, immutable, um, which is why I make propaganda. In fact, <laughs> um, because that's what the media does, right? Like that's just when when an art, a piece of art is, you know, put uh, static and, it, and it's like a little pill that you swallow. Um, it that's how you get past people's ego boundaries. So having discussions is one thing, but it's like it's interesting that we're always talking about. Um, Like what the best outcome is for forcing people Mm -hmm. when not forcing people and i don't like i'm not a huge fan of darwin even you know what i mean like those ideas are limited um but that is the most righteous outcome because then you're just going to help the people that you can help starting with yourself and you will be forced to do you know research and you'll be forced to um form community uh Form, form ideas from the ground up instead of having them spoon-fed to you. That, that, I mean, I think that's the solution for humanity winning against the machine. If, you know, if you're coming back to that. Uh, yeah, like, there's there's lots of, like, cures that we should be discussing. I think that the fact that it's even on the table that you can force somebody to not only pay for the product, but to put something in their body that they don't know anything about in order for them to participate in society is the issue not whether or not we're having rational conversations about what the cure should and shouldn't be it's like if i want to die of this virus because i don't want any of the cures that's my right and if you guys don't want to associate with me that's fine right but like i had to i had to participate in the building of the roads financially. So I am entitled to those. If you provide me with some reserve to live off of, I just you know, I could be excommunicated to that. Mm-hmm. So I, this is what I'm talking about though, is this, like authority is what we need to be considering um, because the, the anarcho model of like utilizing everyone's input is what's going to find the best solution. The maximum amount of freedom with the limit, the, the least amount of um, violence. I think is what humanity should be working towards. Yeah. So it's not to say we yeah we got throw we got to throw some people in prison, but we shouldn't be throwing drug dealers in prison, and we shouldn't be throwing. Um, it's like okay, so you want to get your message out about um, what's the name of the, the drug? cybermectin. Cybermectin. So you want to get this message out? You're not allowed to on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to open up my own platform, and and put it out there. Well, you're not allowed to do that. You have to. Right, And even if you get the permits to do that, Google's going to run direct interference on you. So what, like make your own internet? Okay, well, you can't. Okay, so you, you set up a Patreon, and then the Patreon um, doesn't allow you to trade to them because of your ideas. And so you set up your own version of Patreon, and the credit card companies blacklist you for being a terrorist. And that, like a lot of that stuff happened in the Reagan and um, Clinton errors. A lot of the laws got written for that but like and then especially after 9 11 um this is basically just 9 11 2.0 in my opinion because like all the patriarch did was set up um the the financial regulation to in, under the guise of stopping terrorism limit people's financial freedom so you cannot set up your own credit card right mm-hmm. like so you have to go all the way to the, like you're gonna have to set up your own bank Own central banking system because the credit card company can stop you based on money laundering for terrorism, just abstractly, and and they could blacklist you across the board, which means you can't really start your own Patreon, you can't really start your own forum because of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh so you're you're limited in telling your message, not because people don't want to hear the truth, but just because you're not allowed to by people with guns. And Gaddafi tried to start a central bank in you know and and create a gold-backed currency for Africa and they raped him to death with a bayonet you know like it's not that's that's what you're up against is um so i think changing the mind of people in terms of like what we should be allowed to force people to do is probably the best conversation to have Mm -hmm. um and it's like i don't know i just i guess we're trying to protect people from snake oil is that like that's the pretense i'm like well if a guy buys snake oil like unless it kills him and even if it does coca cola is not good for you mm-hmm. and they're allowed to have pictures of of families having a great time drinking this poison and i i'm saying this because every 3 months i i get an ice cold bottle of coke and i enjoy the first 3 sips of it like uh it's orgasmic. You know what I mean? Like it's just sugar and caffeine and it's also youth. And it's also all of the indoctrination that I've been given, you know, more than my parents probably talk to me, Coca-Cola talk to me about happiness and the pursuit of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and like, I can't, whatever it's, it's poison. I should be allowed to drink it if I want. And if I want to break that cycle of abuse, that's my prerogative, but having the cops show up and like, take me to a like a woman's shelter or shelter whatever is not not really the solution, right? Like that like I need to leave. If you want to build like alternatives to Coke or or give people that information, that should be allowed. Coke's got no interest in letting people talk shit about it though. I know I'm kind of picking on Coke, but I feel like I'm punching up not down.
0: Yeah. I think that it's a uh, I think
1: that it's a good example it's, um, it's like, uh, oh, uh, it's, uh, pleasant. It's a uh, non, it, it's not offensive. Yeah. It's simple. Like if I start talking about Nazis and, and, and Stalin and shit like that, people immediately start going, I have to think this way about this, this, right. People don't like talking about history because we're not, it's, it's defined. It happened this way. And then if they want to change history out in 1984, they, they can redefine say colonialist eras right mm-hmm. so now it's no longer nuanced it's just it's just us being shitty yeah like Genghis Khan wouldn't have dropped a nuke on Europe if he had one <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah like one tenth of the population has his DNA in it or something stupid <laughs> like it's insane yeah yeah like your guy was like a uh oh uh, he's very good at rape yeah mass intelligent rapist yeah yeah so it's just like yeah anyway so that's a bit of a tangent but I um like I said, it's uh it's like debating whether or not a, a gun is useful is, is legal because it's it's hunting it's a hunting gun or not. It's like, well no, I don't I don't care whether or not it can hunt. I want a gun that can kill people so that people with other guns can't kill me. Like having the debate about whether or not uh this is for this is is the problem. It's like you've lost ground by conceding uh whether or not that's something you should debate or uh that you've lost ground by giving them control over where the conversation is happening where what conflict is actually occurring Mm -hmm. so like the end yeah the best the best way to get your ideas out there are to essentially go to the finish line and realize that like the reason that you have to be shy about certain ideas are ultimately because people will stop you through violence if you try to if you manifest too much of a force against um the authority, the corporations, the banks, the media. You know what I mean? Like they've got no interest in letting you create your own thing. So you should you should hide and use subterfuge insofar as that's necessary to your survival and be as direct as possible and get to the absolute foundation, the closest thing to the foundation as you can for an argument. If you want to have those discussions. It's like you never. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't like. Like, there's probably more than just a couple of uh, couple of cures, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine what we could have. You know, we could be doing. We were taking this. Like, and again, it was the. uh, Was it Price? Is that the name of the doctor doing the uh, the vitamin C super doses with his children, curing polio? I'm not sure. I've never heard of it. Oh, that. fuck. I wish I'd brought the notes for this. I was not I was thinking more about cancer culture. I should have researched this. Okay, so around the same time as vaccinations, there was a doctor. Um, maybe I can find it for the show notes. Uh, basically, he used megadoses of vitamin C to cure his children of polio. Wow. Yeah, and so it came... But the thing is, you can't... That's not a product. Well, it's not an expensive product. No. Yeah, yeah. Vitamin C is easy to produce, and it's a cure. Um, whereas it? Yeah. Well, I guess the vaccine's not really, well, it is, it is sort of like you get the, the boosters and everything too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's like coffee for breakfast. It doesn't, it only gets you halfway as far as, uh, as far as your snake oil goes. I mean, like I don't like, I mean, there's, there's a, it's money. Money's stopping you from saying it. It's not about right and wrong. Yeah. And honestly, I hope and that me- I'm a
0: part of me hopes that I'm wrong about it. I would love to be wrong about a giant,
1: censorship well again it's like the censorship is a product of advertising and consumerism right. though right like if you view it in terms of that it's a lot easier to fight and it's a lot easier to understand mm-hmm. because otherwise you, you, you're just like well that's weird it's completely hypocritical and this is inconsistent it's like well no it's consistent with their interest and that's it you know like you don't want to be on some train going to a camp going, "Well, I think it's pretty hypocritical that you're allowed to put me on a train and send me to a camp, but I can't do the same thing to you. It's like, <laughs> it's like they're allowed to murder us, but we're not allowed to murder them. This is stupid. It's like, well, yeah, at that point you're you're trying to have an intellectual conversation at gunpoint, right? Yeah, well, yeah so I mean, true. I don't mean to put I don't need to put such a dark black pilled <laughs> tone into it but i think that like we are talking about that ultimately like it's gonna get it that's an extreme. I feel like it's yeah that's, that's it's gonna like get worse
0: part of the perspective
1: a, a lot of this but, conflict too sorry a lot of this conflict is uh, it, we're waiting for this fucking beat to drop like we're waiting and waiting for like some sort of violent conflict to occur most people mm-hmm. you know we're like oh when's this gonna ride and then they just keep They keep focusing it into the wrong things and letting off the steam release. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Trump was a really great lightning rod for anger and fear, but, and he also relieved a lot of, um, sort of stress that was built up, pressure that was built up on the, on the so-called right. Economically, the people that economically minded going like, okay, well, this is kind of a win. He's masculine sort of toxically. So, uh, he seems to care about American identity you know and so it, it sort of relieved the pressure like from an accelerationist standpoint I mean they're almost they're almost right in the sense that we should just get this party started you know but even saying that is I mean that that's tantamount to hate speech right mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what the party would look like um, revolutionary violence is imprecise so it's something to be avoided so if you can if you can if you can focus conflict and stand up for yourself um in a way that's not going to get you killed or completely maimed financially that that's something you know that's a good start but i mean i'm not sure i'm not really sure how to get the message out except to like change the game so i focus on like the spiritual and and try to reappropriate um movie characters that people like or idea you know people in their youth the the i mean a lot of it's from my sort of generation it's got like a the punch out theme and and like all these old movies and stuff right that i grew up on um yeah <laughs> i'm running out of uh i'm running out of ways to say the same thing i guess no you're good we can we can cut there i uh well i, I wanted like a happier note is all that's why i keep rambling Okay, well let's let's
0: find a let's find a happier note and then nuts it before we dive back into the deep dark. I do think that the message the message is the prelude for the communal action. Okay. And that's that's kind of why I'm doing this, is because I hope that if people are able to listen to this and get through the uh, maybe the veil that I'm potentially crazy, that people will yeah. start to look around and say, well maybe Maybe this is a way that we could be doing things. Maybe the way that we're doing things right now aren't correct. And I also could be incorrect. I would be, if if people could show me evidence that would dissuade me of having the opinion that I currently hold, I would, if it were reasonable evidence, I would take it without yeah. without, without a doubt. If I If I'm able to look through it and understand it, then definitely the place where I've reached is, I think that the perspective that I hold is right in the light that I see it which scares me a lot because
1: I guess like, are you, are are you, are you, sorry,
0: if people aren't allowed to speak about it, then I think that's, I think that's where it comes to for me is that we should be having big, long conversations with people that we disagree with. And that's the only way to kind of figure out where we're actually going. So I think that the message
1: preludes the communal action. Yeah. They, they tend to bring the action to the community they, the they, the proverbial sheriff. So, I guess, I mean, I just think uh, people should consider um, what they're willing to do for, for that position that you hold to be able to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to die for that? Are you willing to be, like... Because, like, I mean, we're at the point now where it is a mob mentality, so it's like, I think that if you can steel yourself against that... And be willing, like, and and start, you know, like from a Bushido kind of point of view, start realizing, like, okay, well, because I, I don't know what you want to do with your career or or whatever, right? But like, if you can produce something of value for your community while simultaneously holding those ideas, you're probably going to reach more people. Mm-hmm. But like, um, you've got you've got a cure you want to spread for something that's happening right now, right? And so like, that's I understand why that's at the the foremost to your it's to try to get the truth out about this. But I don't know if, um, like, I think the action's going to need to come in tandem with the ideas because we're, we're behind the eight ball anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they beat us to the, they have the high ground yeah. basically. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like, I mean, you could, you could import it and try to distribute it or whatever. I'm not sure what that would look like. Um, or you could, uh, whatever else you want to do with your life basically. Working in tandem, trying to find a niche to provide something that's allowable within the community that will have a long-term impact in the direction that you want it to have, like selling raw milk or some shit—I don't know. Yeah. As a, yeah. uh, as skin cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that that's a little bit more positive. I don't mind that.
0: Okay, let's let's cut it there then. Mike, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope that we uh, have the opportunity to do something similar in the future.
1: Yeah, good chap. Uh, what was I saying about, okay, Japan, right? So, like, Japan couldn't invade America because behind every blade of grass there would be a rifle. That was the Japanese commander's position. And it's like, basically, you need to make it as inconvenient as possible to dominate you. Mm-hmm. If, you if you don't capitulate, then, um, for little things, then it's a lot easier to survive um larger forms and more direct forms of oppression because they never get to the point yeah it's like you can't i mean the the germans ran the numbers on like switzerland you know they didn't they didn't just respect switzerland's autonomy they ran the numbers and went there's no way to invade switzerland like there's everyone there er, everyone has a gun and there's um mountains same Mm -hmm. reason you can't invade afghanistan which by the way uh, was producing the least amount of opium in its history in the year 2000. And oddly enough, for some reason, we needed to invade them the next year. And that Just, was all, that was all on the back of
0: me saying that I uh, appreciated your perspective that Liberty outperforms Yes. very, very yeah. quickly or at least not very quickly, but over time, if people are able to make their own decisions.
1: Yeah. And then like you can, I mean, certainly you can implement authority when you have to, when it's important or when it when it's required, but like, it, we just need to realize the heavy cost of that. Mm-hmm. Like a government, you know, I, I would call myself minarchist, I guess. I don't know. Like a uh, one third fascist, two thirds libertarian, like, you know, w- what can you do with less is what I want to see. Right. Which is what the corporate or the, the capitalist model is built on. Right. Build a better mousetrap or whatever. But again, it's just like, if you're talking about solutions, make it inconvenient to dominate you as mm-hmm. as inconvenient as possible without sacrificing yourself or martyr yourself if you want. If you want to get the message out, then yeah, put yourself up on a cross and, and let yourself be um, uh, done like that, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not for everybody. Yeah, not sustainable think, over time. No, I think you're better off having, like, kids and, and teaching them to respect other people and, and then just making it, like, like I said, if we're you're talking about a vertical farm being sustainable for a community, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but then they're, like, some guys with guns or weapons, whatever, they might have been swords before, now it's guns, will show up and take your shit with a demand tribute. And it's like, you the equilibrium between you and that authoritative force is, like, the your warrior class, essentially. Like, how convenient will it be to dominate you? Mm-hmm. Are you all just a bunch of artists? Or does everyone have a rifle kind of thing, right? And that's like, that's kind of the gunnet mentality, which is, I think, why the media attacks it so much. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, um, like, every every community maybe shouldn't have the right the same mentality as Waco, but it should be that hard to take somebody's farm. Yeah, well, I think that's a perspective that never
0: really gets explored. Is
1: well, because yeah, again, it's like we're indoctrinated to think that that's crazy, mm-hmm. or that like I want to go to a mall and shoot it up because because I think that, right? And I'm like, no, I I want I want my apartment building or my community to be so well and anar- anarchically defended that that the idea of showing up here to impose uh, an unethical will upon us would be horrific and and then they look at the ledger of how many soldiers it cost them to take this region and they're like okay well we'll just we'll just not do that we'll get we'll we'll tax them only as much as won't cost you know what I mean because the american revolution was founded on like a single tax right essentially the yeah. british were trying to like tax them for all sorts of things and they let they let it all fly because they couldn't you know what I mean it wasn't worth fighting over mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then the whole tea thing. So, like I said, just basically make it inconvenient to dominate you. And um, you were asking for a solution, and then we couldn't find, like, a bright side. And that's the bright side. It's just um, owning your life mm-hmm. and your decisions. Perfect. like <laughs> <it> Better? Yeah. like <laughs> job, All right, so <laughs> cut it, and then we'll say goodbye, and I'll go take another piss. <laughs>